Hello and welcome to MCMF, the comic book podcast where I try to get you, dear listener, into the wonderful world of comic books by making my friends read those comics. My name is Marcus Mr. Summers. If you are nasty, joining me on this episode uh, to talk about one of, if not his absolute favorite uh, superhero, Green Arrow, it's Will. Hello, old chums, new chums, and everybody in between. Yeah, strap in. It is going to be an episode. <laughs> I am giddy. Yeah, I. One of the first things we talked about when we wanted to do when I first like came up with the idea to do the show was you wanted to do a Green Arrow episode, and I looked up and I was like, we haven't done any. We still haven't done that, and I hadn't done any DC stories in a while. Like we did Super Friends last week. Uh, it's because I'm doing a concerted effort to do a few DC stories in a row. Uh, before I go back to screaming about the X-Men for the next eight episodes. As you should. Um, so I was like, let's do that Green Arrow episode. So I let you pick. You said, let's go with Kevin Smith's Green Arrow. That is uh, the yeah. Kevin Smith, for those of you at home, of Clerks fame. And Mall Rats and, I guess, Chasing Amy, if you know what that is. <laughs> Nobody knows what that is. This is 1998. <laughs> um. <laughs> Jay and Silent Bob. You huge know. jorts. Uh, that one Twitter post where he's talking about how his wife still owns his taint. Yeah, the hockey jerseys, buying two plane seats. You know the man. You know the fellow. <laughs> you know the fucking guy. Uh, <laughs> the the visionary who wrote the line, I can't believe my girlfriend sucked 37 dicks. In a row? <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever see the thing where uh, Kaiser Neko um, synced that up? With uh, sync that audio to clips from the Legend of Korra. No, I'll send you that word done. Oh, it's so funny, it's so good because <laughs> it's fucking Mako and Korra. That's crazy, it's fucked up. What um, a crazy vision! <laughs> <laughs> but so, Kevin Smith, uh, he's wrote a few comics. Uh, he wrote this, he wrote, uh, he wrote a couple Batman stories, yeah. Um, most controversially, question the one where mark, Batman uh, says he pissed his pants doing the yes. the year one spot. Yeah, it's uh, what's the name? The the widening guyer. I think that's how you say it. Yes. Um, it's it's wild. Uh, I don't recommend it at all. Um, it's yeah, it's not good. Uh, there is a fun bit where uh, Batman takes. I think his love interest is Silver St. Cloud. I'm not sure. but God, um, All-time great porn name, by the way, Silver St. Cloud. Hello. Uh, <laughs> it sounds like... <laughs> but uh, they're on this like tropical island, and they're obviously doing the things you do on a secluded tropical island. Oh! And, is this the one where Aquaman is yelling at him from the ocean? And it's like, yes. that, that lasso is not a toy, young man! Yes. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> I love the way he writes Aquaman. It's great. Yeah, the way the reason Aquaman even shows up is because he says the fish say that they heard screaming. <laughs> I feel uh, like he's not the right writer for Batman. I don't think he has the right tone no. for Batman. He's got the perfect tone for Green Arrow though. Green Arrow and Aquaman. Yeah. He he What I it. what I think is good is that he um like his Batman in this I do like because yeah. I think it kind of toes the line between like broody Batman and the Batman that kind of lets people in, but yeah. he can't. He can't do a full story of Batman, right? Yeah, like, he he's good for a story featuring Batman, but not like yeah. Batman eight issues. Which and it's if you've seen a Kevin Smith movie, it's no surprise that his 
real strength in writing, even in comics, is dialogue. Yeah. Like he he nails a lot of the character interactions and stuff. Yeah. Uh, so this book was released in two thousand one. It marks the return of Oliver Queen uh, after he's been dead for a few years. So uh, as you you once described it as uh, you explained the way Green Arrow died once maybe nine years ago and it's been stuck in my head ever since which is <laughs> green arrow is on a plane trying to defuse a bomb he gets his arm stuck in it isn't gonna get it out in time superman comes to him like hey man i can get you out but i gotta i'm gonna have to cut off that arm and he says and fucking live with one fuck off let me die <laughs> pretty much pretty much <laughs> i'm a fucking archer what do i do with one arm and you know what the irony of that is? Is that Roy in, later loses his arm? That too. <laughs> but the fact that there are multiple like Elseworld versions of Ollie that only have one arm and is still a great archer. <laughs> like he just uses his teeth. Like I love that he's just like, nah, if I can't shoot a boat, life ain't worth living. <laughs> and so he, he, Superman's like, okay, man, we'll miss you. And Oliver's dead for a few years. Uh, replaced by his son Connor Hawk. Yes, which is if, if you um, if any of you listeners read, I know he's been, he's been back more recently in a he's a back comic in the Pride story. Yeah, and I think they confirmed he him as a uh, I don't know. I I think he. You know what? You're right. I think because he's a uh, he's like pals with Damien. I think now, which is weird. Yeah, very weird because um, he's Tim's friend, but. Yeah, and so that's the thing. Like, what's what's fun about that is that um, he kind of fits into a weird age gap because he was obviously Green Arrow when Ollie was gone, but he's closer in age to like Tim and the Young Justice crew. But then they actively they actually get a real new Speedy later on, yes. and he's just kind of like, yeah, get the fuck out of here, Connor. Like, these are my friends lunch. now. Yeah, these are my friends now. Yeah, because it's like. They, in the 90s and the early 2000s, DC was, like, making an active effort to bring in the next generation of superheroes. Uh, so you get Tim Drake, uh, you get Superboy, uh, you get Cassie Sandsmark taking over as Wonder Girl, yep. you get Bart Allen becoming Impulse, and then in 2003 becomes Kid... Like, he, the first arc of Jeff Johns' Teen Titans, he stops being an Impulse and becomes Kid Flash. Yeah, it, it seems like he was Impulse for much longer than that, but I, it's, I don't know, it's I guess maybe it's just... like eight years that he's around as Impulse. Okay, he that's right. That, that's right. Kid Flash yeah, that's right. uh, for, for seven years? Eight years? Like, I think it's an equal amount of time as both. Oh, no, no, and then he was The Flash for a while. I forgot. Yeah, he was until he got fucking. Oh, oh, we'll do that one at some point. Yeah, it's bad. It's. Rough. I mean, it's not not, not quality wise. It's just hard to it's hard to deal with. Yeah, um, yeah. You get like the new generation of Titans, essentially. You know, Kid Flash, new Kid Flash, Superboy, new Robin, uh, new Wonder Girl, new Green Arrow, replacing you know instead of a new Speedy, uh, and then later you get a new Speedy. Supergirl mm-hmm. comes back. Uh, the new rap, you know, you get Rose as the Ravager. Like there was this really heavy push on these teen heroes, and then around 2012, they said, "Fuck that." 
Yeah, and it's it's crazy because they've never really been they've never really been solid about Connor's age to begin with. Yeah. Because here he's kind of depicted as being as young as maybe like eighteen, but as old as maybe in his twenties. Because yes. like him and Kyle Rayner are pretty good friends. So they kind of depict them as being about the same age. And Kyle's and, like obviously like twenty two, twenty three. Right. And there is a there's a really good it's the books the issue's really, really good in hindsight now that they've kind of went back and said that Connor's been aced this entire time. Yeah. Um, where him and Roy go to a strip club. So he's obviously at least twenty one. <laughs> yeah. The the funny thing about Connor too is that Connor Hawk, much like Tim Drake, uh, interpretations of him, uh, of both of them really, are the byproduct of Chuck Dixon being so conservative. Yes. Like, he didn't want people to think that Connor was gay, so he made him, like, he doesn't really react to women, but, like, he do- also doesn't want his characters to be seen as, like, sl- like sluts. Yeah, and it's crazy because that—that's really that entire issue is the entire. That's the entire point of that whole issue, is because like at some point, uh, one of the strippers says something to him, and Connor's like, "Why does everybody think I'm gay?" He's like, "Just because I don't chase women like you and Ollie does not mean I'm gay." Right? Yeah, like, like I, Chuck Dixon characters uh, are not skirt chasers, are either skirt chasers or they are not. Like Chuck yeah. Dixon's Nightwing is like the shittiest person. <laughs> Like, I think it's yeah, yeah. funny, like, because it's a fun <laughs> contrast with him. But, like, Chuck Dixon's Dick Grayson is, like, just a scumbag. Yeah, straight dirtbag I was. Uh, and Chuck Dixon's Tim Drake is, like, a fucking Saturday uh, you know, afternoon special character. Where he's like, you know, Ariana, we're too young to have sex. <laughs> like, that does lead to the funniest thing that happens that whole run though which is that <laughs> her uncle comes home and thinks that like she's wearing like lingerie and he co- her uncle comes home and is like what the fuck are you doing in my house with my niece dressed like this Timothy Tim's like, <laughs> Tim's like hey, hey whoa, whoa. <laughs> hey Uncle Vari this is not what it looks like man he's like oh Tell me what it looks like then. And he's got to run from this angry Russian man. It's incredible. Fantastic. Um, we have to do some of that. Uh, we got to do some of that 90s Robin. Oh, shows. that's my shit. I, I, that'll be, that's a three person episode. That's me, you and Jesse for sure. Oh yeah. hundred uh, percent. Cause she loves that shit too. Uh, so this issue opens, uh, let's get into it. Uh, in yes. a flashback. This, a lot of this is in flashbacks, but this is, a flashback to when the Sun Eater... Something is eating the sun. I don't fully remember this story. I just know that it's the story where Hal Jordan dies. Yes. Uh, that is, that's the importance. Hal Jordan, after becoming Parallax... Uh, Which is a whole... It's the whole thing. Like, yeah. they... they Later on in the book, they kind of explain it. But it's... Especially Hal, with modern eyes, it's so confusing. Yes, Hal becomes Parallax, and then... Uh, is they defeat Parallax and then he becomes like the living embodiment of the Green Lantern battery or some shit. Yeah. yeah. I think he, um, I want to say he gets infected because they later recon to say he was infected by Parallax. Yeah. And it's, uh, they basically try to get rid of the Green Lantern core and it, it's, 
which is a stupid fucking idea. But anyway, sidetrack. <laughs> yeah. So Hal sacrifices his life to stop this thing from destroying the sun. Um, but Superman and Batman are on a roof. And Superman's like, yo, this is the first time I've ever felt cold. I have this chill in my bones. And he's like, yeah, yeah. Bruce says, could have something to do with the uh, extinguishing of the sun? <laughs> but it's crazy to think about. Like, Superman, not only is he, you know, he has all these superpowers that probably prevent him from getting uncomfortable to that level, but his powers come from the sun. So yeah. it's like, you know, yeah, this is the first time this man's ever been cold. Also, he grew up in Kansas. It only gets but yeah. so cold there. You know? Like, it's far enough south that, yeah, it gets cold, but... It doesn't get, like, cold cold. Like, not see your breath cold, you know? Right. Like, Bruce is from... Is from New Jersey. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah, we, all remember the, we all remember the winter land... The winter wonderland that was Tim Burton's Batman, too. Or Batman. Right, yeah. Uh... Bruce says to Clark, I imagine this is a unique opportunity for you. It must be odd for you to have the chance to catalog new levels of physical discomfort as you rarely experience them. What kind of masochist keeps track of the different kinds of pain? They've 496 by my last count. <laughs> what? Like, like Clark no-sells it? <laughs> he just goes, you never cease to amaze me. What's your problem? Uh, and, you know, they reminisce a bit and he says, you, you know, Clark asks him, you remember the first time you felt cold? And Bruce gives him a happy memory about uh, sledding or going in a, a sleigh ride with his, with his dad. And uh, he's like, I got snow down my pants and it was the most, <laughs> it sucked. I didn't like it. Not great. And then uh, Superman with a great little line goes up. Was a sled named Rosebud? <laughs> yeah, sled named Rosebud. And Bruce, uh, Bruce also, <laughs> like, he wants to no-sell it. He's funny. But you can see the curve in the lip. That's the best yeah. part. <laughs> anyway. Uh, and so Bruce is basically like, I fucking hate Hal Jordan. <laughs> Which, me too, pal. Yeah. Not an uncommon sentiment, especially at the time. He's... He says, what, you don't believe in, don't you believe in redemption of any kind? I believe in justice, period. I believe in second chances. Then let's recruit Doomsday to bring back the sun. <laughs> it's a bad goes, I stand corrected. I have felt a chill in my bones before. Every time I try to reason with you. <laughs> Which, good. I, I wish we kind of got more Superman, Batman banter here. Yeah. Just because, like, once again, like I said, Kevin Smith is really good at writing friends. Friend yeah, just dudes hanging He's out. Really good at it. You know? Uh, and so something, like, Clark kind of looks up and he says, hey, I just felt something. Like, something got taken off me, but it's really small. I can't see, you know, it wasn't the ray, because he's not, he, he's in Keystone. My x-ray vision is fucked because there's no sun. Ah, whatever. I guess it can't be that big a deal. But it's a, it's a stated point that if his, yet was at full power, He'd be able to see like even the most microscopic things. And Bruce says, "Yeah, welcome to being mortal." You know. <laughs> and then we cut to a hooded or a cloaked figure that is definitely Hal Jordan. Yes, hundred <laughs> like, percent. Standing at a, a how, grave. 
How has the most, like, when he, this costume, this late 90s, early 2000s costume, is so distinctly him, you couldn't think it was anybody else. Especially the cape. There's a scene later in a flashback where they show his cape, and he's standing there, and his cape is going fully up into the air. Yeah. Like, full standing up. It's it's It looks visually great, but it's just, they can't even really revisit this look because... It's, it's so of the time. Complex. Yeah, exactly. That's who. Yeah, it's still it's very nineties. The shoulders are crazy. <laughs> like that's the part that always stresses me out of this costume. Is they're like, this is some Liefeld shit. This is an Image Comics character. Uh, but he is standing at a grave with an arrow pointing at it and says, "Ashes to ashes, dust to dust," and uh, goodbye, old friend. And we see what is definitely Oliver Queen laying on this snow-covered grave. Which is, I, you know, so I still, years later, having read this hundreds of times, I own, I don't own the hardcover, but I do own this entire run in floppies. Um, I'm still not quite sure why they did that. Like, why, why put him there? Yeah. Just... You know, it just, it doesn't, it makes no sense to me. Um, yeah, I don't get it. Not quite sure why they do that. It's a weird choice, but whatever, man. It doesn't really take me out of the book, so. <laughs> yeah. So in the present, uh, in New York City, which I love that they decided New York just exists at some point. Because for a yeah, while, uh, Gotham was supposed to be New York, and then they mm -hmm. decided, no, we need actual New York. Which I don't, I don't know. I've, I've always kind of wondered why that. I, I, as a kid or younger, I should say, I always thought it was because they didn't want to conflate because like Marvel does a lot of stuff in New York, yeah, and like New York is like the big thing in Marvel comics. But I don't know. I don't know if that's why. I don't know. It's like they put characters who are kind of coming of age in New York. Like here, we see Roy Harper staking some guys out in uh, in New York. But there's also a period right before he becomes Batman where Dick Grayson is in New York. Uh, yeah, the yeah. The Teen that's right. Titans, uh, what, during like the the Perez and Wolfman years, are in New York. It's a very deliberate choice. Uh, but Roy is watching some guys uh, figuring out that they're doing a deal, and it's heroin, and that's. <laughs> irritates the shit out of him. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a bit of a sore spot for the old uh yeah. the old arrow lad. Says nothing. Says yeah, I'm a hell hell. I'm a world ch champ at waiting. Been playing my whole life. Waiting to be waited to be finally uh, trusted to head up the Titans. I, when that happened, I have no clue. Well, and that's the thing. I think that's the. I think that's kind of the point is that it never did. Yeah, like I think it's in the nineties it happens because Dick is busy. But by that point, don't they already have like a, a cyborg and and Beast Boy and Raven? Yeah, but they're just the Titans at that point. Like, not they drop the teen part, and so he's, oh, true. he's with them for a while. So I think that's what he means. <clears throat> he says, "Waited to kick heroin." daughter to get born, wait to leave, then get out of checkmate. 
but I never waited more than what I had to when I was waiting on Ollie. The upside is that the old man taught me patience before he ever taught me a single aspect of crime fighting, and he did that by way of the bow. There's always a moment, he'd say. All you have to do, your only job, is to wait for it. At that point in my life, it was easier said than done. And of all the exercises the old man put me through, it was never the lesson itself that taught me patience. It was his example. When he wasn't shooting his mouth off about social injustice and corporate fat cats, which was odd considering he was a child of privilege and a captain of industry, the man could be as serene as water. That is something that's always like cracked me up about the, the, the inherent contradiction of Oliver Queen. And frankly, it's one of, my, it's one of the reasons he's one of my favorite... He is my favorite superhero because it's like he, and a, a bit of a tangent here, but he, um, he, he obviously has the kind of awakening moment that like, yeah, I'm part of the problem. So I'm going to give all my money away. I'm going to put it towards charity and does all that stuff. Um, and that's kind of what I like about Ollie is that he, uh, and that he, he gets it. You know what I mean? And, um, I don't know how true this is. Cause I haven't read a lot of like, pre-crisis comics but a lot of people have the opinion that like that kind of attitude is why they started showing Bruce Wayne in a more like philanthropic light yeah <laughs> because it's like it's like you can't have Bruce over here with a whole cave that could feed a city and him not doing shit while all he's out here like throwing money at poor people <laughs> right like Bruce Wayne personally paying all the money to rebuild Gotham did way did a lot for that character. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, but Roy we, says we should uh, do no Man's actually. Huh? We should do uh, no man's land. Oh, absolutely. No man's land would be yeah, tight. No. Was, uh, beneath the bluster of the Green Arrow, Oliver Queen was a man with time on his hands, and I spent my life trying to be that same training to be that same kind of man, the kind of man who's patient enough to know that relaxing spawns the best actions. There's always time to wait, Ollie once told me. Remember that. Thanks, Dad. I do. And as this happens, he shoots... <laughs> he shoots an arrow at a guy who is attempting to snort cocaine. <laughs> and he just knocks the, the thing that he is snorting with out of his hands. Great shot. Which, you know, obviously, uh, he's speedy. He's going to be a great shot. But yeah. it's, it's, it's a really good moment for him, especially... Um, Especially being a former uh, a former addict himself, you know that's yeah. his. Uh... <laughs> uh, I this is when I made the note and I sent it to you. I was like, God, every DC comic looked like this at some point in the two thousands. If not oh, yeah. drawn by Phil Hester, drawn by somebody who drew like him, yeah, uh, or inked by one of the same inkers. Like it's they, there's such a DC early two thousands style. Because, like, this is... Like, Phil Hester also drew uh, a couple arcs of Nightwing. Uh, he... Um, and then there's a similar-looking artist for, like, parts of Kelly Puckett's Batgirl run. Yeah. And it's, I think it's just that... And I, it, part of me thinks that it's because he was he was quick. Yeah. And his style, you know, you can kind of get a lot out in a short amount of time, which is very functional for, you know, comic books. But, yeah, some of his... It kind of irks me because some of his characters just all have oh, the same face. Sometimes. Oh, it's there's a point that it becomes the point of parody. Like, yeah, Mia 
Like any blonde woman looks the same here. Mia looks yes. like Dinah, and Dinah looks like Stephanie. It's all very fucked. There's a uh, we'll get to in the I think at the start of the next issue, but there's a scene where uh, they're at a there's a party that Ollie's eavesdropping in, yeah. and the main couple from the party look they they just look like Ollie and Diana. Yeah, like I thought I was reading a flashback at one point, but the first time I read it, and I was like, oh wait, no, <laughs> this is not right. So yeah, but, so yeah, he, cut to Seattle. Uh, which is specifically called the Emerald City here, which is cool. Uh, and this woman is washing her dishes, and through the window, Black Canary uh, is watching and says to herself, now there's something you don't see every day. Ten bucks that she didn't eat off those plates she's washing. We never do, do we, sister? And the ones who will do their own dishes are far, few and far between. And then, like, the flashbacks happen so suddenly that it's like, it takes a second to realize that you're in a flashback. Yeah. Uh, Especially this one, just because it's a, it's a parallel situation type thing. Yeah. So it it takes a it takes you a second to kind of readjust and realize what you're reading here. Uh, and so- uh, it kept to this flashback of. Uh, Dinah, and this is the I, so this is when she still would wear the wig to be black and hairy. Yeah, so she has dye like, her hair. She has like short. She has black Tim Drake hair. hair yes, she has. she has freakazoid hair. You know. Uh, and so Ollie, who looks, <laughs> Ollie looks like a fucking middle reliever for the Mariners. <laughs> You're telling me that's not Randy Johnson? Yo. Oliver Queen definitely sounds like a right-handed at knuckleball. <laughs> oh, he had great. He had battles with Blackjack Morris. You know, and Dave I tell you, Steve. People, people love him in the locker room, but don't you uh, don't crowd his plate. He'll, he'll back <laughs> you off now. Uh, and uh, Ollie says, "Don't forget these." She says, "Don't forget them yourself, ladies." You see a name tag on this blouse? Note: She is wearing a turtleneck. <laughs> it's a very loose turtle. Come on, lady! I come on, lady! I cooked. Eating up some ramen noodles. You call that cooking? Says no, I call this cooking. And immediately starts trying to fuck on her. Listen, my hero is my hero <laughs> for a reason, ladies and gentlemen. Did you know that you're my hero? He says, what? What kind of world? And he immediately, she's like, hey, back off. He says, what? What kind of world do we live in? <laughs> Where a man tries to show his one true sum of affection and gets accused of trying to pull a fast one. He says, that move is too obvious to be classified as a fast one, queen. You want to see a true fast one? And sprays him with, sprays it in with water. Which he, to his credit, does dodges it with no problem. But she kind of kind of sets herself up for uh, the actual oh. fact. Yeah, she says, "Now are we clear who wears the pants in this family?" He says, "Oh, bet." <laughs> she says, "And so we don't see what's happening here. It's all implicit because we just see her from like the waist up." And she says, "Ollie, tug on those sweats again, and I'll soak you." He says, "Not if I soak you first." And she goes, oh, no fair. 
No, fuck. You're the devil queen. <laughs> it's like her speech bubbles get all squiggly and shit. It's like this. Oliver Queen said, nah, I'm going to eat my girlfriend's pussy in the kitchen <laughs> on the floor. And just to make it perfectly clear, uh, there was some controversy a few years ago when DC Comics said that Batman does not <laughs> eat the pet. And uh, I want you to know that Oliver Queen is a man of the people. He is a hero of the people. Yeah, yeah specifically it was uh, they wanted to make a joke in the Harley Quinn show about Batman going down on Catwoman. And they yep, were told that's right. by WB, like by Warner higher-ups or somebody, like, oh, Batman doesn't do that. Heroes don't do that. And every Batman writer, everyone who's ever written or drawn Batman professionally for them went, yeah, he fucking <laughs> does. What are you talking about? Why, are you, you seen that woman? Of course he does. <laughs> You think Selena Kyle would even consider marrying a man who's not going to eat the box? No. Get over yourself. <laughs> let's let's be real. Let's just be realistic. You think if Bruce Wayne... I started to sound like Stephen A. Smith for a second there, and I scared myself. <laughs> <laughs> you mean to tell me if Bruce Wayne, billionaire playboy philanthropist, was out here being a stingy lover, then it wouldn't be the talk of all the Gotham socialites. <laughs> G- give me a break. You know, that'd be Vicky Vale's top story. I, on, ju- I was just about to say, Vicky Vale would scream it from the heavens. Or, uh, I went out with Bruce Wayne and he didn't eat me out. Everyone would know. His kids would clown him for it. Especially Dick. Dick, you think Dick Grayson wouldn't clown him to death? So, damn, man. Bruce, I guess I guess the apple does kind of fall from the tree. Because you can say you can say what you want about Dick Grayson. I there's a reason. There's a reason women keep hanging over him when he keeps fucking up. And it's not just the ass, man. <laughs> Although that's got to play a part. Yeah, I mean it has its role, but it's not the. Uh, it's not the sole reason. We'll say that. <laughs> uh, but uh, Dinah says, still, it wasn't all kitchen rendezvous, was it, Raleigh? If you weren't saving my life, you were destroying it. And I, it took me, like, a second to realize that the you were destroying it that she's talking about is, like, mm. that's Connor's mom. Um... Hold on, let me catch up on panel to you. Because the baby's got like a tuft of little blonde hair. Actually, no, it's not. It's uh, not. No, that's uh, Shadow, the assassin that uh-huh. tries to kill him. Because yeah. all he has, he, I think this kid's name is like Robert or uh, Richard or something. Uh, he never becomes like an actual character. But he's, his whole purpose is to be uh, a reason for dying and all that friction. Okay. Because um, like this happens... This, this actually happens during the uh, Longbow when they're in Seattle. Mm-hmm. She uh, just kind of shows up and was like, hey, remember when I shot you through the chest and we had sex like right before that? Anyway, I'm pregnant. Here's your kid. Look at your kid. Fuck. <laughs> and um, it's crazy because DC ended up many, I think it was called um, Something of the Dragons, but it has Connor Hawk and Shadow in it. 
And oh, like, with, uh, with like Richard Dragon? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And the entire reason they do that is so that they can confirm that he's not that that a Connor kid isn't that kid. kid. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um but she mostly just reminisces about Ollie talks about uh about the end as Superman told it to her. She says, There was never any fathoming you, Ollie, and I spent most of my life trying to do just that. Now I'm almost in the clear. I hardly ever think about you anymore, especially when I'm working. I don't know why I'm doing it now. I'm probably just, it, this is a very weird line. Probably just PMSing. Oh yeah, that's definitely a. That's, that's Kevin definitely Smith. A man with, yeah, that's a man with not enough women. For, yep. Not much you can do about that one, folks. Yeah, she just reminisces about Ollie when she whoops this dude's ass. Uh, and uh, she says, "Did we get him?" Like, cause this dude is like beating his wife. I think. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He's like he's beating his wife, and Diana's like, "Yeah, let's stop that." Uh, and so she's talking over with over like the com with Oracle, because I guess they're doing birds of prey shit at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's like, "So the FBI will be here momentarily. Uh, he's going away from trafficking." In prostitution, drugs, a wide way of human misery, and not not the least of which is treating you like human gar- garbage. Uh, I was never here. I suggest you file for a divorce first thing in the morning and start a new life. This time, find a good man. And then leaves, and then pokes her head back in the window and go, by the way, uh, the good ones do their own dishes. <laughs> and leaves again. Which, so, I do want to, as an aside to listeners, I... I promise you that at some point I'll probably be hitting in on an episode because I do love Birds of Prey. We'll we'll do a Black Canary episode where she's not just like connected to a man because yeah. the only two times we've <laughs> that she's come up in this podcast is this an All Star Batman? Oh, which are not doing her favorites because Black Canary kicks ass. Yeah, man, exactly. Like we'll we'll do an episode that passed the Bechdel test at some point. <laughs> I mean, we'll just do like a Birds of Prey story. I want to do one that's um. Like the Kelly Puckett Batgirl stuff. Oh, I haven't read that. That'd be really fun. It's so good. Might do the the like short arc where Cassie has a fling with uh with Superboy. <laughs> oh, that'll be fun. Bruce is furious. It's so funny. Uh, cut to a monastery. Uh, where a monk is praying. We find out the monk is a very whitewashed Carter Hawk. Yes, and so I don't quite remember why that is. I don't remember if this is before they went enough into his backstory to say they realize he should be black. Well, he's not I'm black. Honestly he's not just sure. he's like his mom's like Malaysian or something, right? Well, if I remember, right, I think he's. I think his mom was one of those with like two or three ethnicities that they. She's lived. got the she's got the Talia Al Ghul thing going on. Yeah, because they draw him. When they actually do kind of change the way he looks, they draw him much darker than like Ollie and Mia and Roy and Dinah, which Roy should be darker, by the yeah. way, because he's he's a Native American. I feel like everybody forgets that he should be a little bit darker than he is. Anyway, uh, they draw him darker than that, but he's still like noticeably lighter than like the few black characters. Oh, his mother's name in- is Sandra Hawk. Uh, she is... Do we have any listing on this? 
She's uh she's Korean. Yes, Korean? and I think I Korean and black. And I, I think. Yeah, I think later on they kind of expand on her more, and I think that's when they start changing it. Yeah, yeah. Because I know a, by the time like um by the time like Blackest Night and stuff happened, he's full on like few shades darker, you know. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, she his mom is uh is black and Korean. Uh, so yeah, Connor should have a bit of a tan to him. Yeah. But also, Connor shouldn't have blonde hair. <laughs> yeah, and that's the funny thing because uh, I think the only other time they end up showing that kid that he has with Shadow, like. The kid looks obviously super Asian, but with just straight blonde hair. So that might just be a... That's just all he's on uh, DNA. That's just it. But I'm that's, here to that show you what's what. Wired in there. But yeah, they, they whitewashed the fuck out of my, my son here. Oh, yeah. Uh, and he's just talking about how, you know, I didn't know much about my dad, but I, I replaced him and I helped his friends and... I don't know him at all. I don't know shit about him. And so I decided to look within myself to try and find something about him. But uh, still no. Still still don't know shit about him. Uh, back in Star City, a man named Stanley Dover is uh, growing impatient. He says, just keeps getting worse and worse. They have to pull up the stakes soon. You hear some dudes are watching him and they're like, oh, this old man doesn't want to be in Star City anymore. Only one way out of here, old man. <laughs> Only one way out of this place, Gramps. And it ain't the Star City Express. It's the 38 Special. <laughs> like, why is this Brian Pillman? <laughs> Pillman's got a gun! Pillman's got a gun! <laughs> Remember how Steve and, Austin uh, beat up all of Pillman's friends on their lawns before Pillman pulled a gun on him? God, what a great angle. <laughs> Fucking kicked ass. Uh, but while these dudes uh, try to kill Stanley Dover, uh, a, a sigh on an arrow comes screaming in and pierces one of his hands. Which, the first time I saw this, I thought it was supposed to be like a barbecue fork. But that's, that's way too fucking big. That's yes. like a mini pitchfork. <laughs> that it's a sigh. Like it's like Raphael. You know? The Ninja Turtles have come to save the day. And and then a bleach bottle taped to an arrow hits a dude in the side of the head. Which is my favorite thing in the world. Like, I want to make a prop of this. It's so good. Like, he makes an arrow out of a bleach bottle. And it still has bleach in it. Yes. That's what gives it the weight. Like the guy goes, ah! <laughs> like he's he goes, like, ah! happy cartoon. Uh, and the... says, what's the... Of the voice off screen says, what's the matter, chum? You look like you've seen a ghost. And it's Ollie looking like the wizard Merlin. <laughs> you know what he looks like? He looks like that, uh... That, uh... Survivalist dude from TikTok. That looks like Edge. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Also, is, I didn't realize we're is... fucking Chuck Taylor's here. <laughs> he's got a, he's got an arrow queued up that's apparently a forty. Like, just truly great stuff, man. Like, I I will give this guy a lot of shit, uh, Phil Hester, for uh, his art because, like I said, a lot of it is the same and it kind of looks a little uninspired in places. 
but this hobo Ollie is great. He looks awesome. I was so hoping he would just keep this look. Like he's got like a green tarp over him. Like he looks so fu- like the long hair, the beard. He looks fucking amazing. Uh, so he issue- just looks like a survivalist. Like yeah. it's great. Issue two opens uh, at a party in Star City. Uh, and no, it's not even the weekend. It's just a typical Wednesday for this beautiful people. My note is, it's Wednesday. You know what that means. <laughs> would you guys call it? Would you guys quiet down? I'm trying to watch AW Dynamite. It's the finals so, of the old hard tournament. <laughs> R.I.P. Uh, Brody Lee. R.I.P. <laughs> Brody Lee, man. This, uh, uh, this couple in this panel... They look exactly like Ollie and Diana doing that flashback. Exactly. The only difference is his facial hair. Yeah. He also looks like this is going to be. This is going to be a deep pull. He looks like Snapper Carr. Yeah, he does. (laughs) Holy shit. Why do we both know what Snapper Carr just looks like off the top of our fucking heads? (laughs) More importantly, why is there somebody in a gift mask on a leash behind them? And the guy holding him looks like fucking Andy. Is that Andy Warhol's tether? Who the fuck is that? <laughs> uh, the girls, he, the guy says, lead the way, Betty Crocker. He says, oh, yeah, you clear my sinuses good enough. I'll t- let you eat some cake yourself. Now, I don't think that Kevin Smith meant it the same way we would mean it. Yes. Oh, no, no, no. He definitely did not mean it the way that we... I'll tell you that much. the idea of this woman saying, yeah, if your coke is good enough, I'll let you eat my ass, is hilarious. Hilarious. It's so... (laughs) (laughs) Because the reason she says it is, which is equally hilarious, is she dumps a drink and says, oh, here's a drink for the little people, because she throws off the balcony. And someone in the background just screams, let them eat cake. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he says, this hey, party's hilarious this, this party looks fucking incredible I would love to go to this party just to look at everyone here it's such a fascinating collection of people and uh, the guy says or the girl says my name's Cindy Cindy hmm, I like it I've always said you can meet the most interesting people at Little Soiree why does this guy sound like Virgil in my head? Who knows? I was like, damn, it sounds like you uh sounds like you hit the evil Eric Bischoff there. <laughs> Eric Bischoff would absolutely be at this party. Yeah, he would. Two thousand two thousand two Eric Bischoff? He, so he'd, he'd, be... he'd, he'd have the silver hair, but he'd still have on his NWO. Yeah, and he'd still kinda have the beard. And he'd say He'd just be waiting for someone to say uh, three minutes so he could call out Jamal and Rosie. Oh, Jesus, Jamal and Rosie. I'm, I'm, R.I.P. to three minute warning. Great theme song. Yes. Uh, and uh, this is all serves as this is such a strength of this book, too, which is that he wanted it to feel like a living environment. These two people yeah. do not matter. The people in the background here don't matter, but it's people you'd see at a weird fucking coke party. And Especially this is all, with Will Ritual. Right, and this is all to serve 
that when they walk past this doorway, now that he's on, the guy's on the other side of it, we see coming into the door a young girl. And I say young girl, but you can't... The way she's drawn, you can't tell that she's... Thank you. He, she just looks like a grown woman that's short. I thought this was Dinah. Like, he, oh, God. Everybody, every woman has the same face. Who, cause who is that mystery woman? This could be anyone. <laughs> and the like, the bouncer goes, you want Richard sent? Uh, yeah, only I'm not sure I... This way. Your delivery, her, your delivery's here, sir. I'm flying her in. We find out this bodyguard's name is Roscoe? Which... That's, uh... That's gotta be racist. He'll racist motivated. <laughs> and the, in the background, we see the guy from before saying, Come on, you inconsiderate mooks! You're creating a medical emergency here! Because if Cindy doesn't get to Drano her pipes in five seconds, you're gonna need an ambulance! This dude should have been in the fucking FBI with, <laughs> with little Guido and Tony Mama Luke. <laughs> you know? Pre-dressed big Vito? Yeah, pre- <laughs> JT the Bull? Johnny Stamboli? That's that fucking hat. He would just wear a hat. Like, I, it, it's the one thing I always remember about his fucking character. Is he would just, in every FBI, like, storyline, he's just standing there in a fucking hat and no shirt. Johnny the Bull. Hmm. You know, he was also Relic in TNA. I was just about to say if you remember being Relic in TNA. <laughs> For those of you that don't know, Relic is killers fell backwards. And what's crazy is I remember originally being like, all right, this could kind of go somewhere. And then I Googled him. I realized and... it was Johnny Stamboli. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> back in this day, uh, folks, not everybody knew. Like, not everybody was like going by their like shoot name and shit. So if you didn't know who a wrestler was, you would just Google them. And the Wikipedia page would tell you who they were. And I was like, Johnny the Bull? Nope. <laughs> this sucks. <laughs> Never it's mind. Uh, so Roscoe throws this girl in, and th- this had to be scripted that she lands fucking ass in the air. Oh, yeah, it is, because that's why he's got the thing right there. The, um, yeah. the little ottoman that she trips over. Yeah. He says, ah, nice entrance there. Hell-, hell of an entrance score. Very Dick Van Dyke. <laughs> she says, uh, hey, I don't think this is... And he starts taking pictures of her right away. He says, don't think, Boopsie. Just peel. Now. Or else, okay? He says, you know, when I was in high school, I never scored cute little girls like you. See, I had a lot of acne, and I wasn't really what you'd call on the athletic side. But back then, a girl like you never would have wasted the time, the breath on to me to call me a nerd. Thank God we don't stay in high school forever, huh? But thank God also that we can rise to a position in life where we can make up for lost time and do all those things we couldn't back in our more awkward and less powerful days. And so she, she is now fully undressed. Like, she's still wearing the boots, which is crazy. This is right. So you've got about 55... Hey! He keeps taking pictures like a fucking... Freak. And it's the 90s, so that camera flash is devastating. <laughs> it's debilitating. 
That, that is for the benefit of those with flash photography. That is a that might as well be a fucking flash grenade. Yeah, like when he uses it, it lights up the entire frame. Like <laughs> <laughs> he says, as long as I've got as long or he says, I've got about as long as I want. As rich as wants to stay in business. I know this. He knows this. I guess someone forgot to fill you in. We'll take care of that right now. And she says, please, you're hurting me. He says, baby, I haven't even begun to hurt. And a crash. There's a crash. She says, hey, what was that? Roscoe, what's that? Like. Uh, She says, don't think, don't even think about getting out of here, prom queen. We've still got a date. Where the hell's my gun? And all these fucking trick arrows keep <laughs> shooting in. And he, Green Arrow punches this dude so hard. This is... It's great because, like, as y'all know, I'm a huge fan of random onomatopoeias mm-hmm. that come up with shoes. And this one is just smack. This is a two-for-one. A smack. And the guy goes, oomph. Like, there's spit flying. This is... A, he is not working these punches. These are... We are shooting. ponytail loose. <laughs> you know how hard you have to hit somebody to do that? Jesus. And, of course, we, we finally get the payoff of our... Uh, of Eric Bischoff here because he tries to... He tries to get Ollie with a knife and Ollie just kicks him in the fucking face. <laughs> he like, big boots him like test. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you just see his boot just coming into frame, cracking this guy in the head. And so uh, the guy yells, "Hey, anyone out there? What happened? What the?" And a detonating arrow flies into the room. It says, uh, "Evening, Councilman. I'd like to register a complaint for my district." And Ollie, back in his classic costume, by the way, because he was wearing basically what became Connor's costume before he died yep so he's back in the the classic Sherwood Forest Robin Hood get up well see that's the thing one thing I do like about this is that they're uh, they're very accurate with his costume a lot because Mm -hmm. they show the original Green Arrow costume which is basically just the Robin Hood with the without the goatee they show this one they show the Longbow Hunters one which is ugly but it's one of my favorites because he's got the it's the first time you see him in an actual hood yeah and then they show him briefly in the connor hawk which i think is the last time they show him in that even in flashbacks he'll have on his traditional outfit yeah um and he's got the long pointed goatee here just perfect class like when i think green arrow i think of this costume yeah uh and so he fucking Rose this guy one handed into the wall who lands with a flam. You better step away from there, little girl. Things are gonna get worse before they get better. He looks at the he looks at the girl and says, A little cold in here for that kind of getup, ain't it, small fry? <laughs> we all make mistakes, kiddo, but most of the time we get them right before we can write them before they get too wrong. You only get one childhood. Enjoy it while it lasts. Don't let a soul sniper like this cl- clown force you to grow up before you have to. Excuse me. I'm talking to the lady and cracks this dude running in with a, he runs with a nightstick like the big boss man and gets cracked with an elbow to the jaw. Mm, crunch. And then Ollie follows it up with a shot with the bow. Like I feel like getting pistol whipped with a bow and arrow has got to be worse. Yeah, got to be. 
because it's just straight solid wood. Yeah, but also like you're from a pride standpoint. Like if someone pistol whips you like with a pistol, it's a thing that's in their one hand, usually their dominant hand, and it's like to insult you. The to hit somebody with a bow, you're using both hands, putting real effort into it. And only that you kind of you kind of have the excuse when somebody pistol whips you, you can be like, oh well, he was holding a gun on me, like I'm supposed to do, but like. It's a bow and arrow. <laughs> you know how much harder that is to fire quickly and well? He says, you put your clothes back on, kid. I'll handle the trash. And Ollie, from from distance, through a wall, knocks this dude's phone out of his hand and, like, bolos him up. Like, it's like a, a perfect shot. He, uh, what does he what does he grab here? Does he grab this dude's money? Yeah. He like takes money from this guy and hands it to uh Oh no, it's the it's the the business, yeah, business card. card. Yeah. For the um the community for, center. Yeah, for the community center. He says, here's an option. Be a doll and close the door on your way out, would you? Uh and Kirk goes, um, thanks, mister. He says, You really want to thank me. Go a lot easier on the rouge. Bye, kiddo. And there's this, uh, the, I don't know, the I, I, for a while I didn't understand why they drew his face like this in the next panel, where mm-hmm. he looks shocked, and then he just kind of looks down, and then he realizes it's probably just disgust. I don't think because it's disgust this is like, so much, like he waves it at the kid, uh, and it's kind of this like, wow, that's a kid, holy shit, that is a child, look. Of like, it's like, wow. Yeah, you, like, dude, you came here to have sex with a child. You paid money! And then he reaches down and grabs the walkie... T- he grabs the dude's cell phone. He says, who's this walkie-talkie reach, fat cat? He says, what? What's its range? Should I expect another one of your ghouls from down the hall or something? It's a cell phone. It can reach anyone. It can, huh? Who do you think, you're that- who do you, think you are with a gadget like that? The Batman? Stolen City Funds can buy you a lot of high-tech toys, can it? I was really confused by this because I didn't. Cl- it didn't click what they were trying to do. Uh, oh yeah, Ollie does not know what a fucking cell phone is, which is weird because yeah. it's two thousand one. And he well, so I, I want to say, yeah, yeah, he it dies is. in ninety four. Yes, but they um, we'll get into it later. I'm sure. Yeah, I, there's no way to avoid. But um. He thinks it's much earlier than that. I think he thinks it's like... He thinks it's pre-crisis. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that'd be like that early... He thinks it's like 86. Yeah, because that's... Well, that's when it was But I don't know what time it's actually supposed to be like in the actual DC universe. Yeah. Yeah, but it's... He thinks it's... He thinks it's about 10 years ago. Yeah, give or take. Christ on Infinite Earths happened around 10 years before this. Which is fun because it's fun to see all the doesn't that are like big dc moments that he just doesn't know about yeah oh no no it's definitely it's even earlier than that because he thinks he thinks barry is still the flash uh we find out later christ on infinite earths is 85 this is 2001 so even if you're crunching it to like comic book time he still thinks it's been about he's still like five or six years late 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Which is a busy five or six years in the DC timeline. Yeah. So much shit happens in that time. Like we said, like the like the crisis happened. Like Barry dies. Um, Superman uh, dies. Yeah, Jason Todd dies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like that, he that's... doesn't. He doesn't. We find out later. He doesn't know who Jason Todd is. Yeah, because he still thinks that Dick like, Grayson is well, wrong. He, yeah, not only that, he still thinks they're teenagers. Yes. Like he he sees Wally and he sees Roy and he comments about how big. They and were they're like, like yeah, man, we're like Barry or uh, Wally and Roy are parents. Yeah. <laughs> like Wally has a wife that he has to go home to. Like uh, he hugs Roy and he's like, uh, he's like, oh, you, you've gotten, you sprout up slash my side of you. And Roy goes, I have. <laughs> yeah, because as far as Roy is concerned, he last time he saw him was like two or three years ago. Uh, he says, how'd you get the girl, Councilman? She couldn't have been more than 15. Word has it you like them young and illegal. But I'm wondering if your deviant appetites have gone beyond simply fouling Star City youth and crossed over into bloodletting. You think I'm the Star City Slayer? I swear to God I'm not. Richard, the pimp, he says the girl's over, but I never killed no kids. He says, no, you're no killer of children. You're just a spirit-crushing, life-stealing fat cat. God, he should be smoking weed in, like, half his downtime panels. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's ever a character who I know fucking smokes a ton of weed. It's it's Green Arrow. 100%. This man lived in Seattle. Come on, man. <laughs> Seattle during the time of grunge. Oh, yeah. Fuck. You know who definitely listens to fucking Alice in Chains? Black Canary. Yes. Oh, yeah. She probably she's also being a woman of the nineties. She probably unfortunately listened to a lot of Hole too. I said she probably likes Hole, yeah. Which is unfortunate, but yeah. you know, uh, that's well, also weirdly I could see her being into the cranberries. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Got the Irish connection. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Back at the S- so the cops show up and. Uh, Ollie has pinned this guy to the wall with drugs and photos of him and Mia. Spoiler! This kid is... We find on the next page this, this kid's name is Mia. Uh, uh, and they're like, wow, this is fucked up. Uh, meanwhile, the kid is at the Esplanade Hotel in downtown Star City. And uh, yeah, here's where we find out that her name is Mia. And the guy comes in and says, hey, kid, little trouble uptown tonight? It's nothing I couldn't handle. Heard you didn't handle it. Someone else did. He says, yeah, costume. He shot the place up with arrows. Can't say I'm not glad about it either. Come on over and tell Uncle Richard all about it. That's disgusting. Uh, Uncle Richard, get the fuck out of here, man. That's so gross. Uh, given what the, their relationship is. He says, that guy, I... the one... Ugh, Ugh you." That guy, the one you set me up with, he was a real perv, Richard. I was kind of afraid of him. He was taking pictures of me and sort of roughing me up. He says, did he hurt you? If he did, I'll kill him. He says, I don't know. He didn't, but I don't know. It felt weird. Like, I can't say for sure he wasn't going to hurt me. Some sort of political guy. He says, oh, boy, who told you that? The, the costume guy. He looked like Kevin Costner in that Robin Hood movie. 
says, well, if you stopped, you stopped that guy from hurting you, I'm glad. I don't know why these people feel the need to stick their nose in other people's business. He's like, well, maybe because no one will. So I'm sure some, I sure would have appreciated someone to be, uh, someone poking their nose into what was happening in my dad's house. He says, what have I told you, baby? If I knew you back then, I would have put a knife in your old man for what he did to you. He says, yeah, you could have been a real hero. He says, why are you getting dressed? I, fi well, I figured since it was an early night, you and me could have a little fun. He's like, I'm a little shaken up, Richard. I'd rather not have any fun tonight. He says, whatever you say, but that's no way to treat someone who loves you. Fucking. Mm. Ugh. Ugh. It's so bad, man. Ugh. Call the police. Call Hardcore Holly. Get something. <laughs> Yo, listen. I don't know. Real life. Like politics and stuff are. But I would fund a project where he just goes around beating the shit out of pedophiles. Uh, to catch a predator, but it's Bob Holly. Sign me up. Yes. <laughs> could you imagine? Could you imagine you're some internet perv thinking you're gonna meet some 15 year old girl and it's a balding man from Alabama? <laughs> <laughs> like, like they do the exact same setup. You, you're talking to the decoy, and then you sit down to have some cookies, like a sicko, and <laughs> you just say, "Hey, big shot." How do you like me now? Hey, how do you like me now? <laughs> and he just starts fucking chopping you. Alabama slams you through a kitchen island. That'd be uh -huh. great. <laughs> he just does you like they did Daniel Pewter in the 05 Rumble. You know, he'll lay across the back of the couch and kick you in the dick. <laughs> <laughs> he gives you the Holocaust. The worst name of any finishing oh move God. ever. He called his finishing move the Holocaust. Jesus. What a weird fuck. Like it was nothing too. Like he just, that's just me. Like he got that cleared. <laughs> Nobody stopped him. Nobody stopped him. Like oh, JR looked at that and on his notes and said, that's really the name of his move? Okay. Which is funny because Jr. is known for changing people's move names because he just fucking forgets them. <laughs> he famously once called. Uh, he once said, "Oh hey, he just hit the black hole slam on episode of Raw." Jim, <laughs> like the fucking the Batista bomb used to be called the D, and he's then be, he just forgot. He's it. Be called the what? It's called the Demon Bomb. Oh, God. And they just started calling it the Batista Bomb one day? Because he couldn't remember the name of it. Like, that's why the Olympic Slam turned into the Angle Slam. Angle Slam, yeah. He just fucking forgot. Oh, God. Also, uh, if any of you want to see someone absolutely take fucking liberties, watch the 2005 Royal Rumble match. Yes. Because uh, entrance number one and two are Eddie Guerrero and... Uh, a the murderer. Mm -hmm. And uh, entrant number three is Daniel Pewter, who won Tough Enough in 2005. Or 2004. Uh, and they just shoot on this poor bastard. And the best part is, entry number four is uh, Harper Holly. And when he comes in, he literally, physically clears them away from 
Like, no, no, move out of my way. I don't want you in the way while I beat the shit out of this kid. <laughs> they, they beat his ass for like a full two minutes, eliminate him, and then eliminate Hardcore Holly. The whole purpose of Hardcore Holly being in that match was to shoot on Daniel Pewter. That's it. That's the whole reason they booked him to be in that match. So that he could take liberties with this poor bastard. God bless him. Ugh, fuck. Wrestling rules. Anyway. Uh, Richard's like, like, Mia goes, hey man, don't start. And he's like, I'm not starting anything. I'm just saying, who took you in? Who took care of you and loved you after what that animal old man of yours did to you? Who showed you that all not all men are bad? <laughs> he says, <laughs> "Who taught you that not all men are, are bad and taught you how to make love and pays for everything?" Yeah. You disgust me, but I love that. I love he says, "No touching that not all men are bad." Like while being a bad man. Yeah, like you are the bad men. She says, "You do." The call is coming from inside the house. She says, "And do I ever ask you for anything other than let you show me, then let me show you how much I love you once in a while?" She says, "Well, you got other girlfriends for that too. Why don't you go see one of them tonight?" She says, "Because I only love you, my little mamma mia." She says, "But why do you make me trick?" <laughs> Which is, <laughs> it's, it's a, a funny a fucking... sentence to imagine a fifteen-year-old white child in two thousand one saying, and it just is. <laughs> <laughs> That's like a fucking sitcom dad. Imagine, goes, ah. an Olsen, imagine an Olsen twin saying, why do you make me trick? <laughs> why would she call it tricking? You know, like it's, ugh, God damn it. Uh, so it's not this it's like again. He's like, I'm just asking. I hate it. I don't mind doing it with you. He says, oh, you don't mind doing it with me? Oh, that makes me feel better. You are a grown man. With a soul patch. With a soul patch, like Sting. You look like you're in Savage Garden, dude. <laughs> Chicka Cherry Cola, face ass. <laughs> oh, I want to stand with you on the mountain looking boy. <laughs> I need you, I want you. Uh, he says, uh, those guys you set me up with, they're all old and dirty and mean, and they, they don't treat me like they should. He says, and how should they treat you? Like I treat you? Why bother? Look at what I get for treating you like a princess. So tell me, Missy Selfishness, how should they treat you? He says, like a kid. <laughs> he just laughs. Like guffaws, head back, holding his <laughs> He is hooting and hollering. He says, she says, why is that so funny? He says, because you're not a kid, baby doll. You're a woman, a hot-blooded, full-bodied woman who does things that women do in bed. He says, but I don't want to. I never wanted to. Men force that on me. So now I force myself on you. Is that it? He's like, I didn't mean it like that. Now I'm no better than your old man. Is that it? Why am I doing Owen Hart now? I'm a black heart. <laughs> I am not a nugget. Owen 316 means I just broke your neck. <laughs> Woo! I got two slammies. <laughs> Fuck, Owen Hart kicked ass. <laughs> hey, dude. The best part about that gimmick, after he broke Stone Cold's neck, 
is that his Titan Tron, after it hit a certain point, <laughs> was just a loop of him breaking Stone Cold's neck. That's awful. That's the injury that ends up ending Austin's career, and we're just going to put it on a loop. <laughs> Fuck. This is the thanks I get, right? I treat you like a damn queen and feed you and clothe you and give you a place to live, and now I'm no better than your rapist father. Is that it? I was trying to do this nice, Mia. I wanted to cuddle you before I had to do what I gotta do because I love you. What are you talking about, Richard? What do you gotta do? I gotta make sure you don't lead back to me. You screwed up, baby. Word about what went down uptown is all over the streets. The cops already busted Dreyfus, which means that masked man's on their side. And if he saw you there, how long before he traces you back to me? But it wasn't after me or you, Richard. I'm sorry, Mamma Mia, but I can't take that chance. I can't do time for little girls who, for no little girl's stupid mistake. So now this. This could lead off the 11 o'clock news, but Mia Dearden has realized that she has no desire to be back on TV. Oh, be, be on TV, period. And she does the fucking... This is a weird poll. Uh, she does the sing system from Miss Congeniality. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that was like a real thing, but that was the first time I saw it. It was in fucking Miss Congeniality. She does it as her talent. And she's like, here's how you fight off an attacker. And it works. <laughs> and she throws him into a paint. She throws him into the, the mirror. And she says, you don't love me, Richard. People who love people don't rape them or make them have sex with strangers for money or try to kill them. She's like, come on. Come on, mama me. I was just fooling around. I'm 15, Richard. I should be in high school. What am I going to wear tomorrow? Not worrying that you're going to slit my throat for messing up your business. And your business is selling my body to lose any loser with 50 bucks. Well, not anymore. Give me your hand. And she fucking... This is fucking hardcore. She yeah. cuts the tendon between his thumb and pointer finger. Fucks him up completely. It just leaves him there. Back at the uh, the Star City Brownstone Mansion of one Mr. Stanley Dover, who, unfortunately, because my brain has too many connections in it, every time they say his name, Cliffs of Dover by Eric Johnson starts playing in my head. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> for you, dear listener, put, st- put Cliffs of Dover on at about 10% through, <laughs> through the next few minutes. <laughs> Nice little ambiance in the background. Yeah, here. great fucking song. Uh, so, Stanley is the guy that Ollie saved earlier, if you forgot. Uh, and so he uh, he's just back at his house, and he's like, uh, says, hey, how'd it feel back in the, the old threads? It's like, oh, it's, I feel great, and my trick arrows work great this time. And he says, what? He says, Nothing will beat watching that Clorox bottle hit that punk in the alley. What was that supposed to be? It's like the boxing glove arrow. He's like he says very it, firmly, too. Yeah, very firm. The, like, I've told you, it's the boxing glove arrow. You know it's the boxing glove arrow. Don't make fun of the boxing glove arrow. It saved your life. Got, gotta say, boxing glove arrow, all time, like, funny gimmick. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and but I love you, that it's a... Someone asks him about it. He says, well, what if I want to punch somebody? 
who's really far away. Like, it's so good. Like, at one point, uh, this is years later. Or maybe it might be in the same run. He and Kyle are having a conversation. And Kyle just kind of goes, hey, can, can you just explain the boxing glove arrow to me? Yeah. <laughs> like, what's, what's, what's the purpose of that? <laughs> and he explains, well, you ever wanted to, like, punch somebody from across the room? No, it's a great non-lethal takedown move. Is a, is a loaded glove. <laughs> Ollie fights like a fucking gimmick character from Punch Out. <laughs> like Aaron Ryan. That's hilarious. Fucking glue arrows and shit. <laughs> like when you fight him on the rematch, now his gloves have horseshoes in them. And so he's like, hey, there's a rumor of a child slavery ring being run out of Star City. Uh, that's how you were going. He says, cool, I'll check uh, I'll check that tomorrow. Um, thank God you know how to use a computer. Because uh, I, I don't know how that shit works at all. He's like, well, there's something wrong with, uh, with some technology. They're using like a shitty like dot matrix printer. Which, I don't know, because I was still very young during this time, I can't remember if that was, like, actual up-to-date modern technology or if even that a few years old. That is, that, he said, explains later to Mia that this is dated. Okay, yeah. He's like, well, you work pretty simple. He's like, I don't understand how people can stand. They basically just shoot the shit, and he's just like, well, you know, I appreciate you for, you know, helping me get on my feet. He's like, yeah, 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 you saved my life. Cool. He's like... Uh, you know, uh, I remember what it was like to be rich. I gave up my fortune, and I had to be deal with the guilt of being born the way I was. I felt like fucking Bruce Wayne, which which is again is a clue that he doesn't know what's going on because he's he knows who Bruce is, or he should. So it, it's a fun note because he does, but this is also before Bruce was publicly. Like doing a lot of philanthropic stuff. Ooh, that how you said that word? The anyway, this is before Bruce started. <laughs> yeah, that word. <laughs> but uh, this is when Bruce's public image, at least from what Ollie remembers, is just like being a rich asshole. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't remember the cataclysm and no man's land and all that shit. Right. Exactly. So that's just what he's go. That's what he. That's what he thinks is the touch point of Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Also, I just remembered. Uh, the arc that Phil Hester draws for Nightwing includes one of my favorite scenes in that book, which is Tim and Dick uh, training by running on trains. And uh, Tim mentions as they are running on, running on a sprint, uh, moving train, he says, uh, by the way, my girlfriend's pregnant. And Dick almost falls off. Because <laughs> he's like, like, he's so caught off guard by this that he loses his balance and almost eats shit. Like, why would you lead with that, Timothy? What, like, they've been out for a while. He's like, something you want to tell me? He's like, no, 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 no. A couple panels later, my girlfriend's pregnant. What? Uh, I think if we do, like, a Robin arc, I want to do the uh, Tim break, Tim gets with Stephanie and finds out she's pregnant arc, because I think that's hilarious. Uh, I'm 100% down. I know uh, Jesse would also devour oh, that. Oh, yeah. 
Uh, since I just got one question for you, though. What's that? Do you do dishes, too? Because uh, if you do, I got no choice but to marry you and, also, uh, and or give you head while you try to do them. It's the law. It's the law. Because uh, you're too old for me, Junior. I mean, too young for me. That'll be important later. <laughs> it's a special. It's a special clue that'll help later. <laughs> uh, and so, like, yeah, this these next things are really just him trying to like the book trying to tell you something is wrong with Ollie. He doesn't have his memory. Yeah, it's, it's all just kind of exposition, you know. Yeah, he's trying to. He like he can't. Like he doesn't remember anything that happened with Hal. Uh, he's like, hey man, you make a great steak, but uh, I'm not trying to find out if uh, if you are good as good with uh, the other domestic skills as Black Canary was. But we find out later the reason that he's really asking all these questions, which we'll get to. Also, he calls Superman Big Red. Yeah, well, is that a thing? I don't remember that being a thing. Yeah, you know, like Big Blue, that's definitely something people call it, but Big Red? Because, like, so when he first said that, my brain instantly went Shazam. Oh, yeah, or Flash? But no, he definitely means Superman there. Yeah, that's, I don't know. that. I'm glad that I'm glad that didn't, that wasn't the only one that stood out to me. Yeah. Uh, so they see on the news evidence of Ollie being out there, and he's like, they're like, the Green Arrow's back in action. He says, what do you mean back in action? I never left. Because as far as he's concerned, he's missing a few weeks, not a few years. Yep. Not like half a decade. Uh, back in the Batcave, Bruce Wayne is watching everything that breaks down in the news and is like, okay, none of these, there's no way any of this shit was Connor. The trajectory of these hits is all wrong for him. So that's gotta be that's gotta be Ollie. Uh, in a mysterious cave that is unknown at this point, uh, a small a young boy is tied up, bloody. I think he might already be dead here. Or dying. He's one of the two. Yeah. Uh, but this young man's blood is being put in a goblet and then poured down into uh, like a, a feeding, like a feed, a drinking tube for some kind of animal. And it's disgusting, folks. It's very creepy, very gross. We'll come back to this later. I fucking love the covers for this book. Yeah, yeah, the covers are really good. Like I just... used to have very kind of shitty printouts of the first two covers. Mm-hmm. What I, it was the it was the first two covers, and then the last cover with them together. Yeah, and I think one day I'm gonna just actually frame those books because I have them in my long box somewhere. I just gotta. There's them. something very two thousands about having shitty printouts of stuff you like. <laughs> like, did you ever have this? Might have just been me. You ever have like a, like make a collage of albums you like? Yes, I did do that actually. Like, of like Google image searched album covers. Because it's and, funny. Um, that that just like my obsession with album covers is one of the reasons that I stuck with iTunes as long as I did. <laughs> yeah. 
so uh, we cut to like a yeah he's the the Star City Comptroller Harold Leeds, who is just pissed about what happened last night. And he's yelling at the police lieutenant. And he's like, "What kind of media circus is you landing on this?" He's the alleged suspect, you idiot. Damn it. Guess God is my witness, Van Buren. I intend to have your badge sitting on my desk by day's end as a constant reminder that the only thing you blue boys is really, are really good for is cracking minority skulls when they get out of line. This is a black man. By the way, just in case you're wondering. That, this is Uncle Ruckus. Minority skulls. Uh, but he goes to an- he goes to answer the other line, and an arrow hits his phone, and Ollie just is leaning there on his door and goes, "Mind if I play through?" Because <laughs> the guy's golfing. So it's like, how long did he sit on that line? Or he come up with that right there? And then he uh, he does my favorite. I won't say it's my favorite. It's you'll notice in this run, I say a lot of things are my favorite because I just fucking love the character. But he does the thing I love where he just takes his bow and just charges into somebody. He just jams it in his chest. I think he has that move in Injustice. Yeah, he does. Fucking clothesline from hell. (laughs) Yeah. And so he's like, they're called the cops. He's like, you just starting to take away these dudes' pensions. They're not coming to see you, Otis. He's like, well, we shut down. He's like, why did you guys shut down the youth center two months ago? He's like, it was for the kids' safety. Uh, last known whereabouts of the mission kids of the youth center. It's like, why didn't you guys just get like more security there to watch the kids then, you dumbasses? Instead of you guys just put all these kids out on the street waiting for a serial killer. The, if it wasn't... His, his, like, he goes by the Star City Slayer. Like, fuck, man. This guy's not fucking around. <laughs> you think this is a game? Harold? If it wasn't for Stanley Dover privately reopening the center, there might be dozens more kids missing, which I wish I had noticed that earlier. Yes. That's a good right? It's, uh, also, yeah, it's, it's, it, he does a very good job of like breaks here and there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But basically, he's just yelling at this guy, and he goes, so that's spelling what else you know, and maybe I can convince Commissioner Durgan to go easy on you. He's like, Commissioner Durgan? I don't know how long you've been on the road, but Durgan is Durgan is retired. He's been retired for six years. Ever since the mayor died. He says, whoa, the mayor's dead too, huh? Pull the other leg and I toot jingle bang. <laughs> toot jingle bells. He's like, he look. Tells I, all he's like, if you think I'm lying, look at the citation I gave you. Look who signed it. And all he looks at it and sees that a different mayor signed it, and he looks horrified. Well, he also sees that it says 1999. Yeah, it does. <laughs> He's like, wait a minute. He says, all right, now, how about I, uh, how about a shot of bourbon to calm those nose while we wait for the police? And gets cracked in the neck. He, uh, he also digs in this dude's files and sees where it says uh, we had to pull some refugees from the 
from the remains of Coast City. Which is another another hint of another major event he Yeah. So back at the youth center, Ollie is playing kickball with some kids. Which this made me realize like fuck man, you know what was a top tier childhood activity? Fucking kickball. Yeah, man. You get some air under that? Oh, who you uh, listen, I would love to do that as an adult. You feel like you you get a, a kickball Plays just right. You feel like Barry Bonds. Yeah, man. I'm sure I would tear both ACLs. <laughs> oh, most definitely. I'm. I am. Most definitely getting put in the protocols. <laughs> I. You are putting. I'm getting put on the 60 day DL round in second. Yeah, man. Listen, you get me in a kickball game at my big game. You might need the five to bring me back. Cause I might go down. There. <laughs> you ever see anything Hulk Hogan did after WCW folded before he came into WWF? No, he was always blown up. It's just, like uh, just, just fucking Ultimate Warrior versus. Uh, I remember um, I used to be a part of a wrestling podcast uh, years and years and years ago, and one of the guys on the podcast said that he uh, he had uh, interviewed Orlando Jordan or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And he asked him about that warrior match, and he said that warrior ran to the ring, did his whole warrior entrance, and then immediately like got into a standoff with Jordan and said, "I'm blown up." <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm blown up, brother. Take it home. He said, "Slow down." Imagine you you paid all this money to go see the Ultimate Warrior, and he starts doing fucking rest holds. You know. He says, uh, so Ollie's playing kickball with the kids, and someone says, you in charge over here? And he says, you can call it that, and looks, and it's Mia, uh, who, again, I have to add, looks like Stephanie Brown, who also looks like Cassie Sandsmark. Yeah. Like, you take the lipstick off her, and this is any DC, any DC teenager. Also, I'm confused as to what time of the year it is in Star City. because Sp- Spring, like, maybe? Two- because two of the kids are wearing hoodies. One kid has on a hoodie that looks like it looks like a fucking raincoat. Like, yeah. like fucking Jubilee or some shit. Ollie is wearing a white tee. <laughs> a white tee and sweats. But Mia is wearing like a fucking parka. It's unclear. Just clothes. Just yeah. straight menswear. This is out of Kevin Smith's closet, frankly. I've oh, seen him wear this. I've seen him wear every outfit on this page. Especially that Mia fit. Yes. Uh, he says, oh, yeah, Green Arrow told me a pretty girl might be stopping by. Uh, he asked me if I could give her a job working with the kids. Uh, and she goes, she goes, hey, what's with all this Green Arrow said garbage? He says, we're close. Me and Green Arrow. He says, what am I, fucking stupid? <laughs> You're Green Arrow, man. Which is why I've always maintained, I've maintained for years that even though I know why people don't like the idea of it, I've always thought Ollie's goatee should be fake. Yes! Like, you that should hang it on a coat rack like costume. Clay Thompson. <laughs> or at least have, like, just a mustache, because nobody else has this goatee, man. Yes! It's so clearly you, man. It's like it's- you and Poseidon. That's it. 
Yeah, here's the thing. I think it works better now because, like, especially if you put him in Seattle, because like, oh yeah, yeah a oh, bunch yeah. of uh, hipster douchebags have this fucking facial hair now. Yeah. Oh yeah. But in 2001, it's so clearly you, man. Like, all right, it's either so Green Arrow is either you, or, uh, the King of the Sea, Poseidon, or Jerry Lawler from like the 70s. Like the only men with this facial. <laughs> Memphis, uh, Memphis Green Arrow would go nuts. <laughs> uh, Green Arrow, so much. He would get so much. So much Grizzlies game. Oh god, yeah. But he's courtside in a Grizzlies game. Yellow oh yeah. That trick. Or even I was thinking like Memphis of the time of Jerry Law. Oh yeah, like, he's got shoots on the crowd. He's, shoots on the crowd for being racist and sexist. He's Andy Kaufman's muscle. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's perfect. <laughs> Like the panel of he says she says what am I stupid you're Green Arrow and he like it's a panel of just their silhouettes and he's just looking at her horrified. <laughs> he says he goes how did you when did you who told you he's like oh, he's like dude you wear an itty bitty mask and you're the only person with this fucking facial hair of course that's you. She's like, you want to blow my secret? He's like, you want to blow my secret identity? Keep your voice down. He's like, you keep your voice down. Or at least go for something throaty when you're all sprouted out. You're talking the same voice out of costume as when you're William telling it. <laughs> sprouted out? Yeah, you know, like Sprout, the Jolly Green Giants little friend. Which is great reference. Yeah. Uh, the kid that Ollie gave the ball to, to pitch is just throwing the ball at other kids just straight head hunting just... <laughs> shit and I, Mia yells she says hey do it again and I'm gonna pants you which is like a absolute high schooler threat yeah oh yeah but it works because like the idea of being way at that and having to pull your pants especially an older girl horrifying yes God, God, you just re-unlocked a fear I had as a child. Right? Like, it just gives oh, you anxiety fuck. thinking about it. <laughs> like, you know what was what would a terrifying ordeal for me as a seventh grader? A fucking sophomore girl pulling my pants down. Like a bad fucking John Hughes movie. <laughs> oh, I... I you remember that scene of the water boy where... They're at Thanksgiving dinner. Yes. And, and Kathy Bates goes, that's his bed sheet. And it's like, stark yellow. Just horrifying. And he says, well, oh. if you, well, if you, excuse me, ladies, I'm going to go hang myself now. <laughs> it's that exact feeling of like, oh, cool. I guess I'll die. You know? Well, I had a good run. Uh, end it all. Send the flood, Lord. Uh, and so she's like, uh, you know, I used to work at the rec center back home. Uh, you tell me what kind of pay I can expect to pull down in this joint. Uh, whatever it is, I'm sure it's not going to be what I was making with Richard. Richard says, yeah, the fucking pimp. I said, oh, yeah, cool. She's like, cool. I'm also going to need somewhere to live. And I didn't notice here that he calls her Speedy. Yeah, he does. He says, hold on and there, Speedy. She and she doesn't become speedy for another 
four or five years, maybe? It's a while. I, mean, I don't think it's in this speedy, initial yeah. volume that she even comes speedy. Yeah. He says, uh, try to keep up, old timer. You're right, the pay's terrible, but the boss is a sweetheart. If you need a place to stay, I think I can cover you temporarily. Providing you don't tell anybody about this. And she says, well, you got yourself a new partner, Oliver. Now, now I'm going to go teach these kids how to play fucking kickball. Hell yeah. And if you kid it over the fence, you got to go get it. And she yells at the kids. And I just, Mia, Mia is one of my favorite comic book characters. Um, like, she's a good kid. Yeah, she just, she hits all around. Um, one thing I kind of harp on a lot when I explain my love of Green Arrow to people is that his book has consistently over, by this point now, close to 50 years, been one of the first books where they tackle a lot of hard topics that aren't getting talked about in comics. Yeah. Like, the most famous one would probably be Roy Harper's uh, Drug Use back in 68, I think, is when that book came out. Mm -hmm. Drugs weren't really talked about a whole lot in comics to that level. Like, you know, they would have, you'd have a crime fighter beat up a junkie or two, but, you know, it wasn't a, the My Ward is a Junkie was a big, uh, a big kind of watermark moment. And in, um, and Longbow Hunters with Mike Grow, uh, Black Canary gets assaulted, and that's one of the first books to kind of deal with that. And Mia's very special in that way because, uh, we find out later that, unfortunately, because of her past working with Richard, she's HIV positive. Right. And she becomes, to my knowledge, the only, like, superhero that is HIV positive. It's her and, and it's, uh, God, what's his name? There was a gay character in the 80s who has it. And I think he dies at the end of that story because he's, he gets it from, like, an AIDS vampire? That's not me making a joke. It's like a vampire that gives him HIV. What? It's, Holy shit. Uh, hang on. Please hold. Play the music. AIDS vampire? <laughs> you are beat. I, I wish... I, Extraño uh, is the character. He is killed... He's killed by the Hemogoblin. The Hemogoblin! Is a, what vampire, a vampire created to help a white supremacy group in South Africa eliminate non-whites. What? This is in the New Guardian story, uh, the New Guardian story from 1988. 88? That was the year before I was born. Mm-hmm. My God. The Hemogoblin. The Hemogoblin. Oh. Okay. It's fucked up fucked up if true it's... jesus i, I, I cannot I... stress enough that it's just totally it's not great anyway when you said when you said aids vampire it sounds like a, it sounds like i'm doing a bit right yeah how could it not be it's that's not... not a real thing that's not a thing somebody would think up and send print it got past an editor i got past multiple editors Hmm. Anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah, to my larger point, uh, yeah, Mia Dearden rules. Uh, yes, 
She's great. <laughs> yeah. She gets she's part of the Teen Titans during a very weird time for that team. Yeah. Cuz she joins uh well, I don't know if she joins like right around It's let's see. That's it's post Infinite Crisis. Yeah, I, yeah, that's what I meant. Infinite Crisis. With the uh, where we lose the boy. Yeah. Yeah. Not not a great time. That book is fun though. Uh, J- Jeff Johns' various sins uh, aside. It's... Yeah, he's a he's a weird guy because he he's done a lot that deserves criticism, mm-hmm. and I dare say a lot that even deserves some hate. But uh, his when he's on, he, he yeah yeah uh, his the green reason that Aquaman is, is like a relevant character that's all him. Yep. The his Green Lantern Corps whole run is just it's it's good. Yep. Uh, back in the the book, Ali tries to buy a ticket to Coast City, which no longer exists, and the woman at the counter gets very upset with him. He's like, "Yeah, the uh, if you uh, I don't know if you want to take that trip because it goes through Narnia." <laughs> yeah, Coast City got fucking rocked. Which it's it's horrifying how many cities in DC universe just get fucking. Remember when Bloodhaven got blown up with a nuke? I was about to say like just fucking wiped out. Like, that shit don't exist no more. Like, yeah. uh, so uh, back at the home of Stanley Dover, uh, Mia makes pancakes for Stanley. And he goes, you'd make someone a great wife. And she says, I'm a little, <laughs> I'm a little lung, ugh, little young for you, Gramps. She says, uh, not to mention a little too feminine. She says, what's that? Mi- oh, I get it. My bad. Duh. She goes, not your fault. It's like I never, not, it's not like I wear a sign around my neck. And he's like, wait, if you're, does that mean that you and Ollie's is no, <laughs> heaven's no child. Uh, Which uh, earlier Ollie has a, I don't know if it would uh, get if they would get published today per se, but um, when he makes a similar joke about Mary and Stan- uh, Stanley's like, yeah, you're a little uh, for my taste. And he's like, oh, I see, I'm not the only queen here. <laughs> yes. Which t- good wordplay uh, on the taste. Yes, and uh, boy howdy. Uh, Stanley's sexuality will be called something much worse. Oh, oh, oh boy. Oh, boy, boy, does it. We will not be repeating it. <laughs> no, no, most definitely. Uh, but Stanley fills Mia in on uh, on Ollie's the whole deal, the whole being dead and being back thing, uh, and not having a memory. That's That's basically what this couple pages is. And how they came to meet, and He's like, hey, uh, showing him any new technology freaks him out. He doesn't know where he is. Uh, I He thought that I was a supervillain because I had a computer. <laughs> so I got rid of all, all of the technology in the house and got a bunch of old shit from the 80s. Which is fucking hilarious. Yeah. Like, every, everybody always makes the jokes about, like, if you showed a caveman a cell phone, his head would blow up. <laughs> <laughs> but show somebody who had been... 
Show somebody who went into a coma in 2006 an iPhone. Oh, yes. Or just stream something. Yeah. Hey, check this out. You want to watch a movie and you just push a button and it shows up? Show the, show somebody who went into a coma in 2006 God of War 2018. Oh, that'd be great. Like, what the fuck is this? Uh, so he Stanley sees Mia eyeballing an arrow and a, a bow and arrow and immediately tries to take it out of her hands. Like, no, 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 no. We do not need two of you in here. That would be very bad. Uh, Ollie's staking out some shit and he he sees these guys moving a crate and he says, oh, ho, ho, you mooks better pray this lead is wrong. Because if you're a slave trading kid, the, kids, the mood I'm in tonight, I might just forget who I'm supposed to be. You motherfuckers want to get funny? I'm gonna act hilarious. <laughs> so he goes down, he whoops these guys' asses, and uh, busts open the, the crate to find out it is full of cocaine. And he goes, ah, just cocaine. <laughs> like oh, he literally girl, says, says, thank God, no kids. Just a whole mess of cocaine. Anyway, where's this much fun dust headed for, lads? And then it all explodes? And uh, it, so what follows is... I remember when I read this originally, I lost my fucking mind. Oh, I was reading this this morning, and I laughed so hard I was going to pass out. Because... In this in this Green Arrow story, this very <laughs> grounded Green Arrow story, who do you think blew up the cocaine? Hmm. Let's see. You slowly turn around, and it's fucking Black Manta <laughs> in his ship. He's a surface dweller with his all black speech bubbles. Fuck! I love Black Manta. He classic Black Manta is hilarious because he's just like a goon. Yeah. Yes. Like, you can throw Black Manta in there for anything, and it works. And he's always got smoke. He is here to fight anybody at any point in time over anything. Like, he's like, he, you know that thing where the guy's like, I do not want peace. I want yes, problems. I want problems. Always. always. That's Black Manta. Uh, and so, Black Manta is immediately greeted by, he tries to fight uh, Green Arrow, and one of Ollie's arrows is fought, is knocked away by a hook. And we find that the hook came from Aquaman, at the point in time where he's got the silver, all silver top. Abs out, hook hand, long hair, long beard. And uh, a fucking shell tiara for whatever reason. Um, in this little panel where it's just his face, he goes, Ollie? He looks, he has dye in his hair. He yes. has black canary hair. So, huh? 
So issue four again, another really good cover here with everybody. Yeah, it's not a bad one in the bunch, honestly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> issue four opens with <laughs> with Ma- with Mia making Stanley watch Powerpuff Girls. <laughs> it's specifically the this. Listen, I watched a lot of Powerpuff Girls as a kid because I choke kids' as ass. You should. Shout out to God, Craig McCracken. As you should. Uh, but it's the episode where Bubbles is trying to prove that she's hardcore. Uh, so, random, this is not related to anything important. Probably edited. Uh, Craig McCracken's not related to Burt McCracken, is he? I, I don't know. Because <laughs> that would not be, that would not make me happy. <laughs> Craig McCracken. I did a control F on his Wikipedia page on the word Bert. Nothing came up, so no. Okay, good. Uh, he is married to the creator of the fucking uh, My Little Pony Friendship is Magic, which is... <laughs> really? Yeah. Hey, man. They've done some good for little girls. A lot of good work. Also, shout out to named on his Wikipedia page, the, the god, Gandhi Tartalowski. Yes. That guy kicks ass. Shout out to Symbiotic Titan. You know, I gotta I gotta go back and watch that. Symbiotic Titan rules. Uh, for those of you at home that never watch that are not sure if you've ever seen Symbiotic Titan, uh, look up the clip where the guy uh, the the guy's trying to help the girl study and she just starts shaking her ass. <laughs> and he just looks at her and goes, No. The girl that looks uh, suspiciously like Daphne from Yes. Uh, anyway, they see on the news that uh, that Ali is Aquaman are fighting Black Manta. Uh, Black Manta socks the shit out of Ali and calls him idiot weakling. <laughs> flying through the dock. <laughs> Just beats his ass. And then Aquaman. I know Aquaman has super strength and he's like faster than the average human. How the fuck does he launch himself like this for the double drop kick? <laughs> he because he catches Manta in the top of the head. Yeah, like and there's like a speed trail behind him. Like he that like was a fucking fastball special <laughs> on his own power. While Green Arrow is trying to recover from getting his ass whooped, reporters run up and try to interview him. <laughs> He's like, get by the barricade. What the fuck's wrong with you? Uh, and so, Green Arrow, or this is a good thought bubble where Aquaman says, sure sounds like him, the Sea King thinks, giving his arch nemesis just enough time to gather his thoughts, all of which resolve around regicide. <laughs> Great writing. Uh, says, how about that, Curry? I came here to smuggle contraband in Atlantis, and I leave here icing you in the bargain. Any immortal last words before I do you like I did your kid? Thwack. What? <laughs> this arrow flies right through Black Manta's visor with a thwack. Love that onomatopoeia. It's one of my favorites. So that, the, um, everybody knows the signature sound of Spider-Man's web shooters, which is yeah, the whip. whip. 
Yeah. Thrip's a good one. But there is there's two specific ones that they kind of interchange for Storm's Thunder and Lightning and Thor's Thunder and Lightning. And it's just like cracker. <laughs> yes. With like <sighs> 15 A's and three A's. It's so good. Pops me every time I see it. So <laughs> Aquaman hits a fucking tiger knee. Like Sagat on Black you know? Manta. Uh, tears okay, off his helmet. Shit open. Yeah, splits it open like an oyster. He says, "So ugly as your soul under the old under this old gear, huh? Well, no matter what you cover yourself up with, you can't hide what you are—a sick child killer." And he goes, "Curry, no, please." And he says, "You're not getting off the hook," and like puts it to his throat. It's and like so I, for- good. I forgot when I was rereading this. I forgot that that's how Black Man it used to look for a while. Yeah, before they decided he was just a black dude. Yeah, I just remember being a dude with like a a dad haircut. Like I forgot that this is how he looked like as a yeah, uh, he was like a fishman. Yeah. And so they they talk it over, and he's like, "Hey, how... <laughs> Green Arrow says, how the hell can you snort coke underwater anyway?" <laughs> Fucking no, man. It's a. And, uh, it's also. It's also another key point that makes you realize that all he's missing, because he stops. He stops Aquaman from killing Black Mana, and it's for two reasons. Because a, because all he even says is, "When do heroes kill?" Which yeah. means a, all he forgot that he killed a guy. Yes. In defense of a loved one, and b. He doesn't know that Black Man had killed Aquaman's kid. Yes. Like, that's not a thing that all he knows at this moment. Otherwise, I'm pretty sure he would have let Ollie do it. <laughs> it's like, you remember how we're going to cover this in a future episode? I'm going to make Manny read a death in the family. He doesn't know it yet. Uh, oh. Uh, but remember how the only reason Batman doesn't kill the Joker at the end of that story is because. He's like, Superman's like, hey, here's diplomatic immunity. You'll cause an international incident? Yes. That's it. That's the only thing that saves the Joker in that story. And a lot of, uh, I mean, listen, I get it. I get that a lot of people forget that because it's not, con- and it plays into the the anti-Batman narrative, but that's a fun, it's fucking hilarious plot point because who would make the Joker a diplomat? <laughs> yes! And it's got that, that fucking panel of him like get a turban or some yeah, shit. Yeah, it's all. It's very bad. Damn, Lawrence of Arabia. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, Ollie and Arthur look at each other in silence for a couple of panels and go, "What the hell happened to you?" It's like, yeah, Piranhas took my hand. Uh, after that, I pretty much went to hell. Let the hair grow out, the beard. Stop worrying about the the properties of the surface world and lost the shirt too. So yeah, but I like the orange shirt. It looked good on you. Not many guys can make that color work for them, except you. <laughs> just really, you think? Because Diane always says, "Hey, stop! Don't distract me." What happened to you? <laughs> and he's he's like, like, "Well, nothing you don't already know about me and how I went looking for a real America, righted some wrongs." He was like, "That was years ago." You died, dude. My my death. I don't know. It's years off. He says, "Dude, you don't 
the plane, the bomb, Superman, and the grave, and Connor, and the league. And then, and then start, all these... Just goes on a totally. tirade for no reason. <laughs> which is the most Ollie thing ever. The highlight of which is him just randomly going off me and saying, hey, where you going to get some fucking elections down there in uh, Atlantis? When's democracy coming? <laughs> Arthur just stares at him for a second. Goes, man, I missed you so much, you fucking weird bastard. Gives him this big creepy hug. <laughs> yeah. And so they, uh, he goes, two to the watchtower, please. He goes, hey, who are you talking to? Meanwhile, back in Star City, Mia, uh, is sleeping about, sleeping while Stanley fucking watches like a weirdo. That'll be important later. (laughs) And so Stanley is, uh, Stanley's had trouble sleeping for some time and can't remember his dreams anymore. But he's not dwelling on that right now. No, all of his recent activity that's what graced his once quiet home is Sarah's helpful distraction from his many problems. But let's not pry too deeply into Stanley's affair just yet. There are other souls to be looked in on in the post-midnight quiet of Star City. Like Juan here. Juan dreams of kickball and having his own room. This is a kid from the, the Rex. Oh! It just clicked in my head. Yeah, that it's him? Yeah. Yep. And the fucking parka, uh... In the, the fucking parka hoodie. Yeah, the one that looks like the raincoat. Damn. And so someone comes up and says, Juan, Juan, wake up. You need a place to stay, kid? Someone here, here, you know. He's like, you sure? I've got a spare bed for you. Good cereal for breakfast, too. Yeah? What do you say? I say, let's go. And they go... They, they go to somewhere mysterious. Uh, we find ourselves back in that creepy-ass cave from before. Uh, it, and... It, do we just see the, the little, like, demon or whatever the fuck that is growling and howling into the night. And I kind of wish this was two separate pages because it just kind of bleeds yeah. into a... Uh, like, color-wise, it makes sense. Like, yeah. for the layout of the page, it's very blue and gray, and then it cuts to Batman, who is looking again, and the position of the shaft. Like, he's inspecting more arrows, and he's like, this definitely is not... This definitely is not Connor. It's definitely Ollie. Fuck, I have to go to the moon to the Watchtower. It's weird to see the Watchtower on the moon and not just orbiting Earth. Yeah. Uh, They put Kyle on watch duty. Go ahead. I originally thought that uh, during the time that Ollie... That they went from from being in the Hall of Justice to the Watchtower. Mm -hmm. But I, I... he mentions the satellite, and I don't know. Was there a was there something? Was there a satellite in between, like the actual watchtower here in the Hall of Justice before that? I don't remember. Me either, and it just kind of I don't know. It, just, it might just be a writer error. Yeah. Uh, so they put Kyle on monitor duty while the older leaguers talk amongst themselves about this whole thing. Like, they don't know what it is. They just know that Aquaman has called all of them. And, uh... 
Flash says, did I dream that message from Aquaman, or did he really call us up here for a meeting at 2 in the morning? This is going to be crisis huge. And Diana's like, this is a nightmare. And I've been sitting this, around this conference room for 20 minutes without any explanation. He says, you think you got it bad? Try being married and getting a 2 a.m. phone call. I spent at least 10 minutes assuring Linda I wasn't having an affair. And then uh, one of my favorite, I love John Jones. And I think that what I love about him is with the right writers, with the correct writers, they can highlight how fucking funny he can be. Oh, God, he's hilarious here. And, like, and it's, uh, at the bottom of this panel, he's uh, he's like, I'm in agreement with, with Diana. Though it's not Arthur's other hand I'm thinking of disposing with. The reason being that uh, Wonder Woman just said she was going to take his other hand. Yeah. And his head's kind of like doing this weird transforming thing. And yeah. Wally's like, uh, John? He's like, yes, Wallace? He's like, your head's doing that thing again. He goes, oh, there. And he turns his head into like a crown thing. Yes. Which is clearly worse than what it was. Yes. <laughs> doing it like as a bit. Like his like, head looks like the watchtower now. It does. That's funny. I didn't catch that. And he says, hey, is Superman here yet? While somebody pukes, like, Ollie is clearly throwing up behind him. And he says, "I'm." Diana grabs him by his chin heroes. And he's like, I'm losing, like, patience here, Arthur. It's fine. We go without soups. Who in Hades are you hiding back there? Sounds like they're about to vomit up a lung. He says, it's fine. He's fine. A little toilet border stomachache. Go sit down. And... Uh, Arthur proudly presents to him, to them, he says, Ladies and gentlemen, tonight we're joined by a long-lost member of this team who proves that further that old heroes never die. <laughs> they just smell that way. You ready in there, mystery guest? You ever do that to me again, and I'll gut you like a fish. Good sirs and madam, may I present Green Arrow. Blasted all over the cosmos. Oh, no, that's that's Ollie talking about how much he hates teleporting. <laughs> and the collective faces that everyone here pull are hilarious. They all go from, like, horror to, like, what? <laughs> says, what are you all gawking at? Who is the kid wearing Barry's pajamas? I know that ain't Alan. No way that wife of him lets him out of the house past 10. And then the next part was just them continually just still staring at him. He goes, are these guys under the influence of Star or something? I don't see any weird fish on their heads. They're just a little surprised to see you, Ollie. Like I said, everyone thought you were dead. He says, we were told you were. And then Diana just fucking kisses him in the mouth? Just hardcore. And then Wally goes, I know I'm a married man, but no, I'm starting to wish that I'd been dead. And John goes, you were. And Wally oh, yeah. goes, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, he says, uh, you, uh, you never, uh, I never knew you cared, princess. Like, I'm just happy to see you, Ollie. It's been. And the way this cuts off, unfortunately, put a song in my brain. Cause she said, "It's been one week since you left me. Got to of the sunset. I'm Christ. angry. Two weeks since the living room. Oh uh, God. 
says, you aren't going to try and kiss me too, are you, Marvin? To John? No, but with your permission, I'd like to take a quick scan of your mind. No offense, John, but I don't want you swimming around in my head. He says, ah, I just felt there were questions we could have answers to by looking at your thoughts and memories. Which he's... <laughs> Good point. He says, after the big lady's greeting, it doesn't take a telepath to catch what's on my mind. To figure what's on my mind, you catch my drift. <laughs> he goes, no, I'm afraid I don't... Oh... Ah, I see. You are thinking about fucking. <laughs> You're trying to get in them guts. <laughs> my, hello, my name's Oliver Queen. I'm here to fuck your wife. Long dick style. <laughs> uh, I, show, I show the real quiver. <laughs> and so he says, so who the hell are you, kid? And he's like, come on, Ollie. He says, that's Mr. Queen to you, Junior. It's like, it's Wally West, man. He goes, Roy's friend? Oh, like, we cats. Says, man, like, I you love just grow up quick. Like, I'm like, like, first of all, if this time, if I had the timeline right, like, they wouldn't have been kids last time you saw them. Which, I mean, like, teenagers are still kids, so I get it. No, but Wally it's is like, probably, like, 24, 25 here. Yeah. Yeah, the, but the, the thing, last time he saw him, he would have been, like, 17. Yeah, I'm about to say, he had to be older than that because... Like, post-Judas contract more... is my, my thinking. Because Judas contract, he's in college. So he's 18, 19 now. No, it had to be before Judas contract because if uh if he was around for Judas contract, he would know. You know. He would uh, all he would know about Jason Todd. Jason had just become Robin at that point. Not true. So maybe Jason it becomes Robin during the Judas contract. Yeah, so I think it would be before that then. Yeah. Uh, and so. He's like, hey, tell Roy to check in with his old man as soon as he can. Staying off the horse, is he? Well, I mean, how old how old is Roy when he starts using heroin? Uh, like sixteen. Okay, yeah, yeah. So as far as as far as Ollie knows, they're like he thought they were like high schoolers starting college. Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right then. And so everyone's like, okay, no, he says it's. Uh, he thinks it's been about it's about 10 years ago which would track with the Judas contract being 10 years ago at this point well no that would make them a lot older then no because if they because if they, if Judas contract was about 10 years ago that would make Dick and them like 27 late. 28 yeah yeah which tracks with how I mean that tracks for Dick and Wally and Roy, I guess. Like, Wally and Roy are parents. Dick was a yeah. cop for a while. Yeah, he was. Uh, let's, not, let's, let's not focus on that. <laughs> <laughs> Don't look at that. Uh, and like, hey, what's with Arthur? And they're like, he looks he looks younger than, I, than he was the last time I saw him. And they're like, hey, where's Hal? Or he goes, where's Hal? And they're like, uh, well, uh... Then, uh, before they can tell him, uh, Superman busts in, and he yells, Great Caesar's 
ghost. Which look at the fucking jaw on old Clark Kent here. God damn. That is a, it's a Stan game. Smith jaw. I was just about to say this is Stan Smith. That is That's Kronk from the Emperor's New Groove. Yeah. That's Rob Gronkowski. Exactly. That that's is, a fucking Bosa Brothers. What that, is. Say, that is a that, that is a middle linebacker. Jesus. But uh, he scoops he scoops Ollie up. He's like, "You're alive! Don't any of you people believe in a simple handshake like the Martian blue? Yes, let me down." <laughs> My bad. Sorry. It's like, and the thing is, like the reason Superman's so shocked, it's because Superman literally watched him die. Watched him die. Also, that was long-haired Superman, which is hilarious. Yeah, giving yeah, every superhero long hair in the '90s is a hilarious thing to look back on. Nightwing with the rat tail. Yeah, yeah. They they might need to revisit that with a Superman with the mullet. There's a. There's few 90 Paragons that don't look Don't look stupid. See, like, Diana always looks good because they don't change her much. Yeah, they don't. Like, and, like, the changes they do make are, like, weird color changes. Like, when they made parts of her costume silver. Mm-hmm. Didn't like that. Did like when they gave her that cool jacket, though. That was neat. And so... Ollie's getting increasingly upset. He's like, where the hell is Green Lantern? And Kyle walks in. He goes, hey, what the mm -hmm. fuck? And he's like, I'm Kyle. He's like, who the hell are you? And he goes, who the hell is this? I'm Kyle? Green Lantern? He's like, great. First is the black guy. I don't like how that italicized. Yes, yeah, that feels a little racially motivated. The first is the black guy, then the redneck, then now a toddler. For the love of Pete, those little blue men give out those rings like prizes in a cracker jack box. Which like, goddamn man, Kyle's been through some shit. Let's maybe uh, let's maybe tone it down a little bit. Remember, folks, Kyle Rayner's comics are the reason that the term fridging exists. Yes. And so everybody is like trying to ease him into it. And Kyle just goes, hey, look at this photo. That's your son, the current Green Arrow. And, and Holly goes, goes shit. Yeah. Like he, he, they're like, dude, let us scan your mind and we'll answer. We'll be able to figure this out. And he goes, back up. If you come any closer, I will blow the window out. He's ready to straight. Look, one of my favorite themes of Green Arrow in this run is that this motherfucker is ready to kill himself and everybody with him at any moment. Yes. Uh, like, it's a fucking airlock. Why would you do that? What's your problem, man? You'll also die. Uh, and so he's like, consider your charter revoked. And Batman punches him from off screen. Which is funny because uh, in that 10 years that he's lost, uh, I forgot that all he used to be the bank role. He used to be the bank man for the Justice League. Yes. Before Bruce did it. Yeah. Which is how they went from having a headquarters to a fucking space analog. 
<laughs> yes. Because, like, yeah, Bruce's entire tenure with the JLA is just not... Like, that, that run that's, like, him and Guy Gardner, uh, Bl- Blue Beetle, Booster Gold, Fire and Ice. Like, he just doesn't remember that. Yeah. He doesn't remember the one punch. He doesn't remember the one punch. And Clark goes, was that really necessary? You'd, re- you'd prefer he blew the window out? Is <laughs> that... Wally kind of quietly to himself goes, I would have beaten that arrow. Beaten that arrow. <laughs> I didn't even do that. And Bruce says, Diane asks, how long have you been skulking around here? Long enough to hear that none of you could get past your cartoonish, slack-jawed dumbfoundedness over the situation and security answers as to why a man we all know is dead walks around articulating like an anachronism. Catch. And Kyle goes... That is by far the most complex sentence I've ever heard anyone say. <laughs> and Walter goes, Ten Bucks says he's been hiding in the shadows for the last hour. Just so he can come up with that. What was that? That put down that classy. And so he, Bruce scoops up Ollie, takes him out of the room, and says, But for the record, Wally, I came up with that mouthful off the top of my head. Because I'm fucking Batman. <laughs> Which, another, uh, this is one of my favorite Batman moments because it's. So, Bruce, that, yeah, they are slack-jawed because, unlike you, they haven't been investigating this for two days. Right. Like, it, this shit just happened out of the blue. I saw the panel of your face when you first figured it out in the back cave, but you're pretty slack-jawed, too. Right. Wally, 20 minutes ago, was at home in bed asleep with his wife. You know? Superman was- watched him die. Like, you know, let's rein it in a little bit. And John says, uh, I'm just curious as to which one of us is going to break the news to Dinah. Uh, and we are, we very quickly find out who is going to be the one to tell Dinah, because it's Barbara. Of course. Never appears on screen in this. Yeah, never seen here. A little weird. You hear her talk, this is the last time you hear her talk, but I just kind of, I feel like they could have had a panel of her just in the, the, um, the clock yeah, tower. tower. Yeah. You know? It's like, well, I wanted to tell you before you saw it on the news. There's a firefight in Star City. Aquaman, Black Manta, and, uh, well, it's spitted out already. Green Arrow was there. So, good for Connor. He's back in the game. It wasn't Connor, Dinah. It was Ollie. And her, her look of shock and awe is the last, uh, the last shot of the, uh, that particular issue. Yeah, going into issue five. Issue five, by the way, <laughs> opens with a with something you just can't do anymore. This came out. This is cover dated November of '01, but I think it actually came out earlier than that. Yeah, it was at least written before earlier. Yes. Like this is Green Lantern Volume Three. This is. I'm gonna check something real quick. Yes, it's a uh, Volume Three. Or it's what they call Volume 3. Yeah. It's it's weird because you know how comics will... Like, according to them, like, DC will say that, like, each run of this is a different volume. I, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's it's so weird. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this came out in August of 2001. Which... Boy, howdy. <laughs> yeah. 
Because if this if this issue if they had started this series like a month later than they did, this issue just would not have come out. They would have redone this whole story, or at least removed the next few pages. Yeah, yeah, they definitely would have redone these first. Because this book opens with uh, a man walks up to a walks up to uh, a woman at an airport and says, "I'd like to purchase a ticket to Star City, please." So I have got a flight leaving in the next forty minutes. The next flight is at ten twenty-five. I'll take the first one. And just walks up to his gate. <sighs> just walks right up to the gate. Actually, he's no buying the ticket at the gate. Yeah, no TSA, no nothing. Listen, as somebody who had to go through TSA a bunch of times last month, uh, this shit is not what it used to be. Uh, yeah, man. it's it, it changes the whole way you got to be in the airport. Like People are like, why don't people dress up for the airport anymore? It's because I'm not going to fucking take off a pair of fucking Stacey Adams because I got to take my shoes off now. They got to fucking look in my mouth and shit. It's it's crazy. My flight got delayed and then I had to, my flight got canceled and then I had to buy another flight. And then I missed that flight because when I went back through TSA, despite them taking my bag the first time, they told me I had to, I had to carry my bag on, which is not true. They ended up checking my bag any goddamn way. Uh, but Fuck. then I had a candle in my bag because my mom gave me a candle, gave me a couple candles because I said that I like candles. Mm-hmm. Uh, only one of them got flagged. I had to stop through TSA. I ended up missing my flight because I'm also recovering from a back injury, so I can't run. Uh, this shit is hell. Our pal Jason Blood here does not have to deal with any of this shit. Yeah. Fucking uh, so as a just as a quick aside, uh, the last time I flew, right, I um, I my ticket was for like eight a.m. was when it's supposed to leave. So I'm one of those people I try to get to the airport like two hours before my actual flight is. Mm-hmm. So I wake up, check out of my hotel at like four thirty five o'clock, get to the airport at like five thirty. It is the day after an NFL game in the city, and so like matter of fact, it was a this didn't tell too much. It was in Charlotte right after a Vikings-Panthers game. Oh, shit. So there was a ton of people trying to fly back to Minnesota. So TSA took forever. Everything's, like, fucking horrible. I finally get there at, like, 645. And I'm looking around. I'm like, huh, that's weird. It's a different gate number than what's on my ticket. So I just walk up to the guy, and I'm like, hey, man, come on. I show him my ticket. And the guy looks at it for a literal millisecond. Like, just glances down. He's like, this doesn't leave until 8 p.m. Oh, hell. <laughs> so I just had to sit in the fucking airport for 12 hours. Oh, no, no. And then eventually I was able to get on an earlier flight because I I got one of those Delta reward things. Yeah. But, like, it, it fucking sucked because, like, I'm a big dude. So I tried to fly a comfort so I got a little bit more room but didn't have any comfort seats. So I had to sit in a middle seat. <laughs> oh, fuck that. Yeah, it sucked. <laughs> oh, bad times. Uh... But J- so Jason Blood, who we find we find out here, it's, it's Jason Blood. Um, he says, uh, he says, actually, you know what? I'll take that later flight you mentioned. After they've already got him the seat on the other flight, they go, oh yeah, no problem. And she goes, you feeling a little superstitious? And he goes, uh, pardon? You feeling superstitious about that earlier flight, huh? And he says, you might say that. He says, well, it's officially too late to change your mind again. Uh, there goes your plane, Mr. Blood. He says, please. As the plane explodes behind him, call me Jason. 
This book came like out fucking, in... It's so Like nuts. fucking Final Destination. Yes. This book came out in August of 2001. This is the absolute latest you could write this into a comic book. Yes. Or any kind of medium, really. Yes. A plane just exploding? You can't do that anymore. Back in the Batcave, uh, Bruce Wayne and Stephanie Brown could... You only can tell this is Stephanie and not Mia because all her shit is purple and not red. Yeah, she's just wearing fucking her spoiler costume. Yeah. Also, this it's very funny to me. I was thinking, like, why is Stephanie here? It's like, oh, Stephanie is here because Tim would already know all this stuff. They needed yes. a character who wouldn't know what what's weird about Ollie here so that they could explain to you, the reader, what's weird about him. So they yeah. make Stephanie, who has recently officially come into the fold. Yeah, she's the uh, she's the reader standing. Yeah. Bruce has officially stopped being a dick to Stephanie all the time. I really like their back and forth here. Yeah, it's good setup for like, like I you know I don't know when they decided Stephanie was going to be Robin. It's not for a little while. Not for another year or two, I don't think. I don't think she becomes Robin until like 2003. But it's like a good in, like informer of like what their dynamic will become like when she becomes uh, Robin. Yes. Which I would have liked to have seen Kevin Smith write some more Stephanie. Yeah. Yeah, that would have I think that, that... I feel like I it would have had very of... much like Mall Rat, Rat's energy. Yeah, very kind of motor mouth characters are definitely like right in his alley. Um, and so they're like, uh, you know, she's like, hey, his body got atomized in the explosion. How could this be him? Uh, and so he lays out all the ways that, uh, like, you know, this isn't him because it's like he doesn't have evidence of his. Uh, his wrist being broken by Black Canary when she was under the influence of Eclipso. There's no evidence of Black Canary poisoning him a few years ago. There's no uh, evidence of the time he got shot by uh, shot by an arrow uh, by Shadow. She's like, <laughs> it's really funny because he says, here, my records indicate there should be a large scar. And she goes, Oh, you mean the dirt you collected on the weakness of your friends in the Justice League? The info that Rasta guy used against them? So he could make, when he made it so nobody could understand it, what anybody was saying a few months ago? You mean those records? He says, Ra's al Ghul, not Rasta guy. Which is fucking hilarious. Because, <laughs> like, if there's any, and, like, the face Stephanie is making here is so funny because it's like she said it like that on purpose to be an asshole. You know? Like she's like smirking to herself. Man, Stephanie Brown rules. If I had any sense, I would have sent you packing with Alfred and Tim. She's like, if you had any sense, you wouldn't have been, you wouldn't be dressed like that. But yeah, he's like, yeah, Shadow shot him in the chest, so he should have a scar right above his heart. 
which I'm pretty sure I own that issue. I need to. I I don't know. I think I need to go read some longboards. Yeah. Also, I realized the other reason that this is Stephanie and not Tim is that Tim has been sent away to boarding school at this point. Really, I don't I don't recall that. Yeah, Tim gets sent away to a boarding school because his dad is like, you keep going missing, you're acting out clearly, you need some discipline. So he sends him away to a boarding school. He said, Bruce sends Alfred with him. Oh. To, to, good keep, Bruce. to help Tim out while he's there. That is also the point where Bruce tells Stephanie uh, his identity and shit. Because at that point, they had been dating. She was dating him, but she was dating Robin. Oh, yeah, that's right. She was doing the, um, they were doing the Clark and Lois thing. Yeah. Well, the Superman and Lois thing. Yeah. She's dating uh, Robin, not Tim. Uh, and Tim gets super pissed because Bruce tells her, like, oh, his name is Tim Drake. I, he figured out my identity a few years ago and all this shit. And he's like, I wanted to tell her that and I never got to tell her because I was expecting your secret. Uh, Which, hey, valid. Valid, yeah. Um, but he's like, none of this proves that this is the real Oliver Queen. Then again, he does have Oliver's right hook, he says, after Oliver punches him in the face. Punches the shit out of him, too. Like, yeah. So Stephanie grabs a tranquilizer. It's like, should I track him? He's like, no, dude, go home. <laughs> and then we don't see her again the rest of this book. Yeah, just a, just a quick little few minutes there. Yeah, a couple panels of Stephanie Brown. Oh, she does. You do see her in the background of one of these looking back at them. Um, but he, uh, you know, Oliver gets pissed, and Bruce explains, like, look, I finished my examination, putting the pants back on. He says, Can I at least ask why you were examining me in the first place? Where I'm from, a guy punches you and taking your takes your clothes off. He's either hazing you or dating you. What? Which. You know, what dark the, exactly. And uh what I love to that is that Bruce's response is where you're from? You mean all those prep schools you attended? And all it goes, look who's talking. <laughs> <laughs> it's just two rich boys trying to own each other for being rich. <laughs> <laughs> They're just calling each other posers. Fucking great. Gotta love these two together. He says uh you died. Everyone but you knows. He's like, no, I just left with Hal on the road for a few weeks. Says, that was ten years ago. I'd say you have an amnesiac block, but your CAT scans aren't indicating anything out of the ordinary. Coupled with your lost time and your lack of any number of scars from physical evidence of injuries you're known to have had. Scars? What scars? And you've seen why I might felt why I felt an examination was necessary. Put simply, Ollie, I'm not sure you're you. And he's like, look, I've been feeling funky and everyone's reacting to me like they are. I'll grant something weird's happening, but I'm the same me you've known for years. He says, this is the you that we've known for years. And puts up his obituary and he says, you've lost your fucking mind. You're not as smart as everyone makes you out to be, groovy ghoulie. He says, it's a dummy paper, you stooge. When have I ever dressed like that? Because he's in his longbow hunters. Yeah. Robin Hood-esque than anything else. I mean, what's with the hood? Where's Friar Tuck and Little John? Oh, Bats, you've been had like a 60-year-old hooker. He says, Which, wait Jesus I... Christ. That's nuts. He says, wait till I tell Hal about this. Hal, 
That raises an interesting question. Do you remember this? Switch to at show show the Hal Jordan tapes, and they're showing from zero hour when he shoots Hal with an assist. I I forgot that he gets the he gets the assist from Kyle. Yeah. Who like half, puts him like a half Nelson? It's a uh, it's basically uh it's basically how Piccolo and Goku killed Raditz. Yes. He said, "I couldn't have not how." He says, "He was unmaking the world, Oliver. You saved all of us. If any consolation, you didn't kill him. Hal didn't die. Yes and no. Jordan later gave his life to save the world when the sun was nearly extinguished." Some say he died a hero. And so, Ollie's still in denial. He doesn't want to admit it. Uh, and he's like, well, let's go back to Star City. If you're feeling a little brave and bold. And bold. <laughs> and, <laughs> and Bruce's little smirk here is so good. Because <laughs> it goes from, like, fully scowling to, like, <laughs> all right. Let's see what you got, Queen. Because the Batman loves some of good branding. <sighs> Alfred, put that on a shirt. Mia has been trying, has been combing through some data uh, on this old piece of shit computer, uh, and decides to take her mind off things by uh, by trying to shoot arrows. She goes, how hard can it be? And then immediately regrets it. She, she's like, how hard can it be? Just point and shoot. And then immediately mocks herself when she tries to actually draw the bow. She goes, how hard can it be? Fucking hard. And then uh, she shoots another arrow, which is then caught off screen by... Uh... Arsenal, Arsenal, a.k.a. Roy Harper, in his fucking sunglasses. It was weird like, earlier when you could see his eyes. I didn't like that. Yeah, because it's like, because normally he, like most superheroes should, wears a domino mask, but this is his hat of the 90s. <laughs> yes. Yeah, before they gave him the hat. He just fucking had sunglasses. And they're not even red sunglasses that matches. No, like Regular Ray-Bans. Yes. He bought this at a kiosk in the mall. You know? Bought this at a sunglass hut from a TNA employee. <laughs> Remember how TNA's women's champion was working at a fucking sunglass hut because they weren't paying people enough? Yep. Dixie Carter. Which and is what? crazy because it's not like Sunglass Hut pays well. No. Dark times. Fan of money for Hogan, though. And Foley. And Booker T. And Bischoff. Sting. Tyson Tomko. Nash. Which is crazy. Do you know how much money Kevin Nash is probably asking you for? Oh, yeah. Nash, you're not getting Nash for less than... You're not getting him for cheap. That's for true. It's fucking Kevin Nash, like... 
so Bruce and Ollie go back to the uh, Queen Estate to try and jog his memory about stuff. And Ollie kind of remembers some stuff, and he's like, he's like, talks about how he got framed for embezzlement. Uh, and so he's like, Bruce says, when you found yourself sh- uh, on the streets, dressed in rags and utilizing a makeshift army, why don't you just come back here? Because, well, look at this place. It's fucking condemned. It sucks. I, I had it rebuilt after things got blown up, but the money ran out. Uh, and so they Bruce keeps mentioning things with him. He's like, yeah, when you went to the when you went to the monks you stayed with, he says, I was hanging out with some monks. Why did I do that? And he goes, uh, well, the guilt you felt over, ah. Uh, he says, I think we stumbled upon the cutoff point for your memory, which means we know the why. All that remains to discover is the how. Bruce thinks that he's just repressing it. Mm-hmm. Which is the logical conclusion to draw, because what actually happens is so stupid and illogical that it can only happen <laughs> in a comic book. Yeah, it is. And it's, they are... It's fucking crazy. They are interrupted so I by actually, a, Go ahead. I actually this real quick. Did you know his uh, revival story before you started no. reading this? this no, I did not. That's funny. <laughs> I just knew that he died and came back at some point. That's great. So you were just coming into this blind as shit. Yeah. That's great. Their lives Love defining. Cr- so they're introduced by a, a pillar of flame, or interrupted by a pillar of flame. Uh, and uh, some, some words in a rhyme. Their lives to fighting crime they've pledged, these wealthy boys of privilege, both of flesh and bone and sinew, save one whom life had discontinued, who's now a mockery so obscene he reeks this wearer of the green. T'was that specific foulest musk that led me to the oblivious husk, and to shield that plane from that, shield this plane from that, which it loose itself through follies begat. I shall destroy this undead man. So swears the demon. Etrigan! <laughs> Fuck yes. I fucking love Etrigan. Yeah, Etrigan fucking rules, man. <laughs> He's just a demon who speaks in rhymes. It just fucking shoots hellfire out of him. <laughs> He's so cool. He's so fucking rad. You know, they tried, they get, they've tried twice to put him in it just couldn't pull it off. To put him in what? Injustice. Oh yeah, it just does not work. Yeah, they just they just couldn't get it together. They need to find out. He fucking rules, man. Yeah. Well, I mean, a part of it is that, like, from a game perspective, is like he's so similar to Atrocitus in terms of what he'd play like. You might as well just make him a skin for Atrocitus. True, but they also in the same game had Shazam. And- yeah, and had. Killer Frost and Captain Cold. Yeah, so it can be done. Uh, so they fight Etrigan to open issue six. Uh, and he's rhyming and whooping their asses. Because he's a fucking demon. And he kicks And despite all their gadgets and, and great combat skill, this is just two dudes. Just two bros. Demon. <laughs> fighting a fucking demon. And then when he opens up to shoot fire, Ollie has the brilliant idea to shoot a fire extinguisher arrow down his throat. 
again because he's a fucking punch out character. You know? Fucking gadgets galore over here. <laughs> and Bruce goes, I will never, ever mock your trick arrows again. <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny because it's just I just I could just imagine Bruce. You imagine Bruce what? I can imagine Bruce's reaction the first time. To what the fuck are you doing? Why is it on a why do you have a boxing glove arrow, Queen? So he's he goes back to being uh to being Jason. And he does it by reciting the poem, but he's got all the foam in his mouth, so he says Gone, gone, uh, and he turns back into oh. Jason Blood. Says, oh That's my god. Beautiful. <laughs> god, God has nothing to do with it. This is why was Etrigan attacking us, Blood? Your guess is as good as mine. And so Bruce has to explain, like, no, 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 he's like Etrigan's container. You got some weird fucking friends. You know that? Says my friend who died. Touche. It says, friend who died? Yeah, this is my, this is Oliver Queen, the original Green Arrow. He was supposed to have died, yes, I remember. This explains why Etrigan was looking for him. He's looking for a hollow. Now, I've been watching, I spent a lot of last December watching Bleach. <laughs> so he started calling him a hollow. My ears, my, my ears perked up. Uh, what's going on here? Why, <laughs> <laughs> <Play> hello. <laughs> We're going to Hueco Mundo. I mean, he kind of does go to Hueco Mundo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Same concept. Yeah, it says, uh, well, thanks to your better half, we're short a ride. We got to get back to, uh, where they got to go to? Oh, yeah, we got to get to his safe house in the city. And, uh, it says... Uh, a voice off the page goes, I might be able to help you with that. Says, now who's the... Roy? Yeah, what's the matter? Don't recognize your youthful ward? Man, it's great to see you, kid. <laughs> and he's like, last time I saw you, you were still a shrimp. He's like, yeah, it's where you can say, like, I was? I was? He, like, I... fully picks Roy up, by the way. Yeah. Like, a, like, it's such a proud dad moment. He just fucking... <laughs> yeah. Batman is standing in the back looking like a fucking big bad Beetleborg. <laughs> uh, Holy shit, he does! <laughs> it looks like he has gauntlets on. Yes, it looks like, like he has like fucking... revive Serpentera. <laughs> That's great. And so uh, he says, Ollie turns his head and says, Well, well, well. Long time no see, pretty bird. And. We get a, a good Dinah steps out of the shadows moment. It's like, it is you. And they they kiss under the flames and smoke. And it's like, well, you guys are taking it well. One thing, uh, one, one little detail I have, Ollie and Dinah, and they kind of drop this when more people start working on the book. But anytime he calls her Pretty Bird, it's always in italics. Like you can always tell, you can always tell he's saying it in a very specific way. Yes. Really cute moment. Yes. That's my couple, man. 
That's my OTP. <laughs> Are we reaching a point now where people don't know what OTP is? Oh no, let's that's that can't be true. I, I don't know, man. I don't see it said much anymore, so I don't. You know. are shit. You're not wrong. Uh, that's horrifying. Yeah, you're. So here's the thing about the way she's the way he says "pretty bird" is that it is written. Everything else is always written in all caps. When he yes. says "pretty bird," it's written capital P, lowercase R E T T Y. Capital B, lowercase IRD. It's great. Yeah. So cute. Uh, meanwhile, Stanley Dover, manager of the makeshift home for Wayward Heroes Who've Died. <laughs> uh, it's like Stanley remembers what it was like to have his house uh, to himself before. And Mia calls. This is because Mia's calling out to him. Uh, and, you know, they're talking they're catching up about ollie it's like ollie's back he's like no but his friends are looking for him his friends yeah black canary and arsenal he says really damn well and while they're doing this mia just kind of casually does the fucking backflip off the balcony and lands on one foot perfect moonsault <laughs> like yeah of course like, this kid's gonna be a superhero in the six months, <laughs> right? Io style yeah <laughs> There's a moonlight, a moonsault in sweatpants. You know, this kid's definitely gonna be a superhero in six months. <laughs> She's a worker, brother. She's got good instincts, good hands. And she catches on that he says, "Damn!" She's like, "What was with that?" It's like, "Well, with Ollie still in the state he's in, who knows what seeing two important people from his old life might do to him?" It's like, "I'll." Uh... I'll bet you have an email. It's like, eat? Who can you eat when you've got real superheroes on your roof talking to you like you matter? I mean, these guys fight aliens and dirtbags like Richard for a living. He goes, oh, big deal. You fought Richard yourself once. You weren't, and you just weren't wearing some stupid costume when you did it. And she goes, I wouldn't let Ollie hear you say that. Yeah. He says, you know, I think him and Black Canary had a thing. And He's like, you'll have to tell me all about it over supper. Uh, he's like, there's nothing to tell. It's not like she told me. I can just tell. <laughs> I can just, I just got this feeling from what she was saying that she had it really bad for the guy once. And so she's, but meanwhile, Canary is asking him if he remembers the bunch of shit. He's like, Seattle. Nope. Shadow. What's that? Eddie Fires. Was he our mailman? Marianne? Who? <laughs> yes, some Which... friend, of, some friend of yours is. Not of not mine. Steiner. I don't remember any of these people. Marianne is somebody he cheated on her with, right? Yes, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, just wanted to make sure. Of that. As his shadow. <laughs> yeah. Eddie, however, is not that. Eddie is the guy who looks after Connor. Yeah. <laughs> Eddie is firmly a dude he knows. Yeah, he's the uh, he's the human. Side. So I remember reading an article once that referred to Oliver Queen as a traveling penis salesman. Not wrong. Not incorrect. Uh, he says, Dinah, you can't hold me accountable for shit I don't remember ever doing. She says, wow, you don't remember much, but you sure remember how to duck accountability. He's like, no, that's not fair. You're calling me down on the carpet for things that, as far as I'm concerned, I never even did. 
you did them all right, often and much. <laughs> Which they're both not wrong here. Yeah. Like I see his point that it's like, hey man, I can't come to the podium sins I don't remember committing. But like, at the same time, she remembers it. She's got the trauma. To yes, it, man. she li- she has the one who has to live with it. He's like, I, clearly there are gaps in my memory, and everyone keeps telling me that they happened, but I don't remember any of this shit. Uh, they ask about Jason Blood. Like, what's his fucking deal? As there's a upside down cross on his wall, like a, a crucifix fully upside down, mounted on his wall, and he's like. Uh, Dinah asks, can we trust him alone with Ollie? And he's like, probably not, but, you know. What other choices there? Yeah. Uh, they put, he puts Ollie in uh, the pentagram. And is like, hey, stay here. Do not step outside of the circle. Uh, and they, he basically opens up a portal to hell. And uh, all these various demons try to attack Ollie. To just remind you, uh, it's been it's been a while since we started this episode. So in case you forgot, this is a Green Arrow comic. <laughs> by the way, just you know, written the guy by who, the dude who wrote Clerks. And there are fucking demons here now, in large numbers. <laughs> uh, just kind of want to point out how this is going. <laughs> yeah, they open up a portal into hell. Uh, and he's like, hey, why do these dudes talk in rhymes like that other guy? He's like, oh, yeah, these guys are not, uh, these are, like, real low-level demons. They're, they'll just fuck you up real bad. And he's like, well, they're here because they want to inhabit a hollow, which is a human body with no soul. He's like, why are they trying to get me? Well, Ollie, if you can figure out from context, you are a hollow now. It's like, you are your potential walking apocalypse. We gotta get you out of here. And then he, uh, he does his little run and turns into Etrigan again, which Etrigan is wearing the shit he didn't grin. Like, he knows he's getting ready to fuck something up. Yeah. Yeah, he says, uh... God, I love the the summoning Etrigan phrase. It's so good because it's gone, gone, O form of man and rise the demon. <laughs> and yeah, Etrigan is ready to party, brother. Yes, indeed. Uh, Etrigan comes in and starts getting busy. Uh, and he's like telling everyone like, hey, uh, this guy's got to go. And Etrigan shoots Hellfire directly at Ali uh, and simply smoking ash lay there to end issues. And he looks, he looks so satisfied with himself. Yeah, he's like wiping his mouth. He's like, yeah! Did that shit. Issue 7 opens with Ali in the void. Uh, and a disembodied voice calling out to him. Oliver. How? How? Is that you? Sort of. What happened? Where am I? Where the hell have you been? I had to pull your sorry butt out of the skillet again, is what happened. You're somewhere safe, is where you are. And as for where I've been, 
I, well, I was never the wittier of the two of us, so I'll just say I've been working on myself and leave it at that. Hey, enough with the omniscient narrator bit already. Show yourself, man. If you insist, Oliver, but I suggest you prepare for a bit of a shock. I look a little different from how you're accustomed to seeing me. Yeah, right. You, the original wet blanking blanket himself? Brother, you're more averse to change than a money clip. <laughs> a great line. <laughs> That's such an awesome line. Like, uh, it's a great old man line. Yeah. So, uh, Ollie finds himself in the hand of the specter. Uh, he says, imagine that. I've left the little hot-headed motor mouth speechless. Someone alert the media. And he shrinks down. He says, is this better? And just fucking socks him in the... Ollie socks him right in the face. He says, what the hell's going on here? Where's your core uniform? Why are you dressed up like the Spectre? Because I am the Spectre now, Ollie. Have been for a few months. What are you babbling about? Why did you knock off the Ghost of Christmas Past BS? How the hell am I supposed to take you seriously dressed like that? Point taken. More along the lines of what you're thinking as he shifts back into his normal self. Now about how now how about making some answers? What happened there? Why is that yellow yellow guy trying to Colonel Sanders me? It's because apparently you're what they call in hell a hollow. Brother, I was there for that part. I heard the fin faced little butthead. But did I die or what? Not this time. I was here I was around to help you out of harm's way. Last time I indisposed showing this little flashback of Ollie dying makes him look like a fucking bank robber (laughs) (laughs) looks like he's in an old timey gang you know (laughs) where's you know Arthur I'm just beginning to think Dutch on that plan I gotta get out of here man I got a kid All we need is some goddamn faith. All right, we're not going to do Red Dead voices all night. <laughs> oh, I, was like, how do I, I was like, how do I do an Irish accent so I can just do Sean? <laughs> Sean's great. Sean, we're not doing Red Dead. We can't do Red Dead. Fuck Micah. Anyway. <laughs> so, Ollie, so Ollie catches up with Hal, and Hal's like, hey, look, check it out. I'm at your grave. You didn't kill... I didn't die until after you killed me. <laughs> I'm very confused. So yeah, so was I, but uh, my life had become a travesty, to say the least. After all I'd been through, I, all I'd done in an effort to make things right again had become everything I'd fought against most of my life. I'd turn on my allies. And i turned on God. I didn't turn on you, Ollie, and what killed me... That was what killed me the most. I never had the chance to tell you how sorry I was for everything. Especially for not being there when you needed me. My newfound abilities came into power to walk from walk from one end of time to the other, so I knew I'd give my life destroying the Sun Eater that night. But before I closed the book on what I assumed would be my final legacy, I decided to try just one last time to make things right again. So I raised you from the dead. But how? I mean, is there even a body? That explosion had atomized you completely, yes. But... I was forced to seek out even the most microscopic remnants of your physical form. Which brings us back to when he took that, when Superman felt that weird thing. He took yeah, like... Yeah, that was a... 
that was how getting some genetic material that was still left on Superman's costume to make a new Ollie. Which, you know, Superman, maybe wash that fucking thing. He says that he doesn't use strong enough detergent. It was like a, like molecules were left. Like, he rebuilt him like Cell. Fucking great. He's, but then something occurred to me. I was obsessing in a manner that had come to define me at that point in my life. I wasn't acting in the service of mankind. I was acting in the service of myself. I was still trying to play God. So I decided to seek advice on the matter. And the advisor I met with suggested I bring back only part of you back. What he described as, quote unquote, the good part. That's why your memory stops at a certain point. You have no knowledge of your life beyond the period we spent traveling across America. Uh, he said, come with me and I'll have him explain it to you himself. He's like, oh God, we're not talking about Jesus, right? It's like, no, I do kind of work for God now, though. Uh, and then they're greeted by the Phantom Stranger, who can't who help. Also, like, listen, I, I ironically love the Phantom Stranger, because he's just fucking, he's weird. Yeah, like, he's a weird dude do? who stands around and speaks in riddles. He adds nothing. He's just here. <laughs> My favorite type of character. Just weird ambiance. <laughs> You know he's like who he a, is? He's like a bathroom attendant. Yeah, he's like the weird watcher. Like, what are you doing, stranger? I'm just here. And he's like, That's you strange, should yo. desist your show of bravado and return him to the mortal plane. Oh, really? And then Hal turns the specter voice and head back on, which is a very cool visual. Yeah. Like, his his normal body is standing there, leaned back, while the specter head shoots out like a Bloodborne enemy. It's fucking great. Yeah. Uh, and so the stranger backs off, lets them in. Uh, Hal tells Dead Man, who I didn't realize he had never, he of course would have never met um, Ali. He's like, uh, hey, meet Boston Brand. Boston, I need you to go, uh, <laughs> I need you to go to Earth and give them a message. Uh, and, uh, you know, let them know that everybody's alive. Some of the people in the background of this shot, of, of this page, we have Mahatma Gandhi talking to who I assume is Chris Farley? Looks like it. Uh, the MLK and Lincoln talking. Which, I, I guess that's MLK. I don't know, man. Kind of looks like, kind of looks like a DC young. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, it's the mustache. It's the mustache and the suit that's the giveaway. Yeah, and the yeah, it's good. and the terrible hairline. Oh. Barbara like, did not know what they were doing back then. You want to think about something fucked up? Otis What's Redding. That? Let me make sure I'm thinking of the right person. Uh, no, no. If you Otis Redding never lived past... 26, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every picture you've ever seen of that is that Otis, a 26-year-old. <laughs> I, right now, am older than Otis Redding ever was. It's fucking horrifying. He's like he was born with grandkids. 
<laughs> Fuck. Uh, and he, uh, Dead Man's like, uh, Take care, Oliver. Don't let this clown off the hook too easy now. The old lady sure didn't. He says, Who's the old lady? Uh, Dead Man thinks God is a woman named Ramakushna. <laughs> is she? You, for your sake, you better hope not, playboy. Can you put the other outfit back on? You've been spectered out. Please. Thanks. He says, so this is heaven. An aspect of it, yes. Look, if the yellow devil just killed me, you're just easing me into the notion that I'm dead all this time with your cockamamie story about rebuilding me from lint out of Superman's cape. You can knock it off now. He's like, so you're comfortable with being dead. The fact that I'm here instead of the alternative takes the edge off a bit, yeah. Oh my god, is that Robin? <laughs> <laughs> like one of them. Jason Todd is just swinging through heaven. Because this is before Under the Red Hood, folks, where everybody thought Jason Todd would be dead forever. This is before Under the Hood. This is before Infinite Crisis. Everyone is just assuming, yeah, this dude's just gonna stay dead. Because why would we ever need a story to bring back Jason Todd? And then Ed Brubaker went ahead and wrote The Winter Soldier. Yeah, because for, for years in comic books, the saying was that the four comic characters that stay dead are Jason Todd, Bucky, Uncle Ben, and Gwen Stacy. All of those characters are back in some form or fashion. You know? Uncle Ben, we, we meet a version of Uncle Ben in Spider-Verse that just becomes the Spider-Man of his world. It's very cool. That's great. Uh, and he's like, hey, it's... It wasn't drugs, was it? I mean, him and Roy hang, hung out a lot, and I, I'd hate to think that he, because he thinks that's dick. Yeah, and what's funny about that is with the, the I thought about this page specifically, when um, in Red Hood and the Outlaw, they allude to the fact that Jason and Roy have been friends, like, ever since Jason became Robin. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's a funny little double entendre, because that could fit for either Robin. Yes. like well uh i i'm not like i'm hurting for time because he's like it's a long story he's like well uh, i'm dead right he's like well yes and no he's like well which is it and uh he's greeted by harry allen who refers to him as the curse of the conservatives my note for that is that's just jake (laughs) (laughs) shout out to my boy uh so uh, Ollie and Barry talk for a second and he's like, hey, uh, wait, you're here. Which one of the rogues got you? Was it Professor Zoom, the big talking monkey? It wasn't the rogues, it was the crisis. It's like, oh yeah, this is pre-crisis. Uh, Ollie, he doesn't know. It's like, so you're running a Wally down there? Uh, I'd rather, yeah, you know, I saw him the other day. He looks great. It's like, well, he's way better than way better than me at this. It's like, yeah, I got a question though, Barry. What the fuck is happening here? So they take him down to a waterfall, and uh, he sees a in the distance a man shooting an arrow, who turns and looks at him and says, "What's the matter, chum? You look like you've seen a ghost, cause it's himself." <laughs> Dressed like a fucking Olympian or some shit. <laughs> A fucking tunic over here. <laughs> Just like a Hercules. 
And what's fun is this was a this also happens to be like before they kind of retcon Barry and Ollie's relationship mm-hmm. because for years like Barry Allen and Wally West to extent and like Hawkman are all very conservative, so they always kind of bump heads with Ollie because he's all very liberal. Yeah, but like right before the New Fifty Two, Barry Allen straight up said, "I've never liked you. I was only nice to you because you're house brother." Shit. It's like, goddamn. Fuck. Uh, the cover for issue eight. Uh, the, the, like, dead, like, the ghost or present Ollie looks like Horace Hogan. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't, I don't want Ollie's goatee to connect. I, his mustache and his goatee need to be separate entities. I just hate it because he's in the Connor Hawk outfit. It just doesn't look right on him. But his oh, forehead. why would you? His forehead looks huge. Jesus. He does look like Horace Hogan. <laughs> God, what an elderly foreheaded man, man. <laughs> like, God damn. He alternatively looks like present day Shane Douglas. <laughs> yeah, he does. Get franchised. It. Uh, back on Earth uh, in issue 8 Arsenal, Batman, and Black Canary are fighting Etrigan uh, Canary is in tears choking the dog shit out of Etrigan straight garrote like she is <laughs> she is here to take her life fully Agent 47 uh, he calls her a child bearer in denial Which I don't know. I don't remember what that's a. I don't. I don't remember what that's in reference to. I think he's just calling her a woman. Oh, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> uh, and saying she's in denial about uh, what what Ollie was. Uh, oh, that's fair. That makes a lot more. And then while he's while he's screaming and spitting and drooling, <laughs> fucking dead man takes over his body. And uh, Roy is immediately tips off and say, "Hey, that didn't rhyme." Says, "You know, I never do this kind of thing, but you're just too cute for words." And like sniffs her and kisses her chin. Yeah, like it. It's so wet. No, I think he just flat out kisses her. Because like, yeah, just drawing kind of weird. But yeah, he kisses her and like there's just slob and drool. She catches him with a fucking kawada elbow. Yes. Just fully King's Road. Like, so definitely blew his ear to out. He says, I can't tell you how, like, he's like, <laughs> can't tell you how long it's been since I laid a nice wet one on a hot babe. Probably longer so, than, probably longer for you though, huh, Bats? He goes, what's okay. great is trying to imagine how that closest, because it's been confirmed that, like, when Dead Man possesses, possesses somebody, they start talking like Dead Man, but from this text bubble, you can still tell he still has Etrigan's demon voice. Yeah, but like the <laughs> so way just... he talks is what tips Batman off. He goes, "Hey, Brand." So it's just a fucking demon that sounds like a nineteen gangster. <laughs> like how, I'm trying to think of how that would sound. Hang on, please hold. <clears throat> uh, 
Can't tell you how long it's been since I laid a nice wet one on a hot babe. Probably longer for you, though, huh, Bats? That's just Sabretooth. That's just Sabretooth. <laughs> That's just Taz with a cold. <laughs> yeah, down in Red Hook. That's great. Uh, and so he's like, they're like, hey, what the fuck? He's like, oh, that's uh, that's Boston Brand. He's a spirit. Uh, and then he switches back to to Jason because it's easier to control. So, so now this guy's possessed by a ghost, a friendly ghost, Junior, like Casper. <laughs> uh, I got a message for you. Hal pulled him out of the mix before I actually got to have a chance to fry him. And Bruce is like, God, do any of you assholes know how to stay dead? Fuck. It's like, well, they're in heaven. So, uh, I wouldn't stick around waiting for you guys. There's a lot that's got to be explained. But uh, he's fine. So, Ollie is... then, uh, he makes a point to call Jason Blood's dick smart. Yes! <laughs> and flashes it to all of them. <laughs> like, Roy covers his face. Dinah clearly just like looks away. Like he's literally just like, yeah, look at this cat. He got no look at him. <laughs> uh, look at him. He's all balls, the poor bastard. Vegan dick over here. <laughs> look at his fucking Vienna sausage. Because <laughs> he does say, uh but you look at that. No wonder blood's always so moody. It's like, damn, bro, this guy, what did he do? Why is he catching a stray? Ali is shooting arrows with his future self. And he's like, God, you're a better shot than me. That's yeah, so I'm I got years more experience. You'll be good at this in a decade or so. I love how different these two, like, they make a point to make him look older as, like, yeah. the spirit. Like his face is a little bit rounder. Yeah. He's filled out a little bit more. His goatee is, sh- uh, is shorter. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I like it. There's a lot of little details. Like I give I give Phil Hester shit, but he 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 does a detail. Yeah. And they both go, This is weird. It's like I got my whole life ahead of me at this point. It's like that Seuss book. Green eggs and ham? Oh the places you'll go. This is make, make this is making about as much sense as Green Eggs and Ham. Green Eggs and Ham made a lot of sense. It's all about trying new things. It's just I'm out of damn explanation instead of the stupid small talk. Man, fuck. I so only when he yells does he sound like this in my head. But whenever Ollie yells, he sounds like H. John Benjamin in my head. Yes, which is funny. Well, it kind of works because his regular, the voice I hear when I read Ollie, which kind of sounds like H. John Benjamin a little. Yeah. Now I think about it, he does kind of in my no pun intended. He sounds like Archer in my head. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Always be punning, boys. Always be punning. Dinah! <laughs> Danger zone. Oh, just imagine. Could you just imagine H.R. Benjamin's voice? The, my ward is a junkie! <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. No, I, I hope it wasn't drugs. Huh? That would suck. He said, yeah, I died in that plane explosion. I'm here in heaven. Uh, and I'm great now. Then Hal wanted to bring me back. Like, his whole point is, he's like, 
you know, I'd kind of lost my way a bit. That's why I probably that's probably why I chose down to go without go down with the ship instead of letting soups cut off my arm. I mean, what good's an archer without both arms? Once I got here, none of it mattered. I found peace, but Hal didn't. He kept wanting to fix things again and again and again. And then he wanted to raise me from the dead. Because he's a sentimental old coot and he, you represented the best part of his life. He wanted that back. I wanted to tell him it was a stupid-ass idea. I told him that what he was about to do, facing the Sun Eater, was enough to redeem him. But I wanted to tell him to stop playing God. But in the end, I didn't say any of it. My friend was hurting and I just wanted to help him. So I said yes. Sort of. Sort of? Well, I said he could bring Oliver Queen back, not me. I'm really confused. It's simple, Junior. I'm your soul and you're my body. But how? When I told Hal he could resurrect me if he could do it without taking me away from here, he maintained that he could. You were constructed from my DNA. You'd have all my memories, my thoughts, my feelings. For all intents and purposes, you would be me. This is like a fucked up Madeline Pryor situation. Yeah, yeah, it kind of is. It didn't seem like such a bad idea. I'd get what I wanted, he'd get what he wanted, you, that part of me that missed life, you'd get what you wanted. You think I want to be some soulless half-life? Damn it, man, you gave you the right. Hey, man, you're just as much me as I'm you. You didn't get violated, because in my shoes, you did the same thing. Hell, you did the same thing, because you're me. It's like, why don't I remember any of this? Because I was trying to spare you the grief of being me. At one point, I had a, a good life at one point. A simple life full of good friends, passionate love, wild adventures. And the satisfaction of knowing I was one of the good guys. I'll change the night I took a life. It would never be, I would never be the same after that. No matter how much I'd search for peace, no matter where I'd search for peace, no matter with whom, the only peace I'd ever find in death or I'd find it in death I felt like you deserved more than that so I asked Hal to bring you back at a better time in my life the best time so, well now who's the sentimental old coot out of curiosity who'd I kill anyway I don't worry about that it's ancient history you can live without knowing it just glossing over a clearly life changing yeah it's like, so what happens to me if I die since you're my soul and already in heaven? Oh, man, I guess you just die. But am I a person without a soul? What am I really? It's like, don't get caught up in all that existential shit. Just go live your life. Help people the way you do. Have fun. Be a decent person. Look what it got us. Crime, real estate, and the great beyond. But what about that hollow stuff? What that demon said? He says, uh, and then he starts to fade out. And he's like, "Ah, oh, well, see you, see you later." <laughs> it's like, I need more answers. No, you don't. <clears throat> and uh, cut to Hal going, "Hey, are you sure? You sure you don't want to go back with him? You're, you're kind of fucking him over here." Think, like, no, I just wanted to bring you back. That was before, back when I was misguided. Like what? He's like you're skirting your responsibilities, Ollie, and Ollie just doesn't say anything. Meanwhile, <laughs> his body goes back to Earth, uh, and meets goes back to Stanley's house. Uh, and Stanley's like, "Hey, you know, a couple of your friends came looking for you." 
just, they found me at one point. I gotta track her down in the morning and I can find out, let them know why I've been acting so funky lately. It's like, am I telling this old man, confused old man first? He's like, yeah, but hold on to your socks, Gramps. Apparently I don't have a soul. Turns out I've been reincarnated or some such baloney and my soul decided to stay. And while he's explaining this, he gets cracked over the back of the head. With hard enough to break the bone. Do you, do you know how, how hard you have to swing one of those to break it? Crack the shit out of him. Uh, meanwhile, elsewhere, his whitewashed son. <laughs> White Connor. White Connor is fucked up. This boy has been bleaching. Damn. Uh, so Connor wakes up and he's like, uh, he's like, I just sense something's wrong with my, like he's talking to Eddie Fires and he goes, uh, go back to bed. I, I gotta go. My dad needs my help. And so, uh, Ollie wakes up, uh, in the, uh, in like a dungeon strapped down to a table says uh Stanley where are we you're in my basement Ollie my arrow cave as it were Mia's joining us as well as you can see we're gonna be a real family Oliver you and Mia and me and my old friend it's about time you two finally met you you know me already of course I'm Stanley and this is my monster and it's like and his fucking face <laughs> his neck is craned out all so wrinkles far. all veins <laughs> crazy vascular neck and it's like a kid in like this fucked up furry suit coat Brings us to issue nine of ten. Thank you for sticking around with us, guys. We're not going to go four hours, thankfully. Uh, we're, uh, so, Green Arrow number nine, uh, cover dated December of 01. It's crazy to me they got all these out within like a like that fast. April to December cover dates. Yeah. So, so uh, Batman, Etrigan, or Jason, I guess, uh, Roy and Dinah are back in a plane. Uh, and they're talking about everything. And Roy's like, it's not every day you see your father figure, who you thought was dead, get fried by a demon. Only to be told that by a ghost that he's not really dead, but just hanging around heaven talking to an old friend who's also now not really dead, apparently. And that girl, how old do you think she was? 15, 16, why? So you just know he's training her to be the new Speedy. So you think that would follow the pattern, train a kid for a while, then abandon said kid, and go hang out with Hal. <laughs> Fuck. Classic Ollie. Man, I really hope I'm wrong. I mean, aren't most heroes beyond kid sidekicks at this point in their career? <laughs> Dinah clears her throat. <clears> throat> oh shit, my uh, bad. <laughs> Don't know if there's anything wrong with it. And maybe you've looked past the obvious explanation for the girl. She could just be Ollie's benefactor's granddaughter. Maybe, but they don't share the last name. Hers is Dearden. He said his was... What'd she say his name was? Stanley Tover. And Jason's eyes shoot open? 
<laughs> we have to go back. We we've got to go back. <laughs> Fuck. What? Why? To save your friend, boy. To save your friend. Which, by the way, in that uh, in... Dinah also a key. Dinah yeah. also what? Uh, Loki tries like I think it's not a serious accusation, but she like accuses Ollie of. She's like, oh, that's funny. When I saw her, I thought classic Ollie for a different reason. Everyone's like, whoa, what the fuck, man? <laughs> yeah, it's like, hey, what the hell? <laughs> she's like, what? He's like, you gotta get off that kick about Ollie. And he's like, fine, you get off your kick about him abandoning you. So we find out here what Stanley's fucking deal is. He says, Stanley, what in God's name are you doing? In God's name, Ollie? Nothing. I'm doing this all in the name of the beast. <laughs> and the kid, his kid is like in this big glass, like a flask. And he's like, help me, mister. Like, this kid looks fucked. Which, uh, I know it's getting a little late here. So I do feel like we can kind of brush over this issue kind of quick. Because it's all exposition. Yes, we find out that uh, that <laughs> Stanley used to be uh, a Satanist. Who uh, they would go participate in sex rituals, which were mostly just his wife wanting to get fucked by other dudes. Yeah, that's pretty much what it is. She just wanted to swing. Yeah, and uh, and she's like, oh, they find out they're pregnant. It's like the fifties. Late fifties, early sixties, he finds out that they're she. They find out that she's pregnant. He's like, "Aren't you excited? It's time we stop going to the church anyway." He's like, "What?" He's like, "Yeah, it's getting boring. You know how bo how exciting it is to hear Jim Henderson talk your ear off about insurance policies during the sex ritual." Uh, he was a mailman, and then when his when his wife is like, "We're done with this. We gotta stop." And he's like, well, we need the baby. Only the sacrifice of our own infant will please the great beast enough to give us eternal life. <laughs> and she just goes, she's like, what? what? And leaves. Leaves that day. <laughs> I'm not going. Uh, he goes to England for a while. Uh, gets involved with some, some, some other occult shit, which is where he meets Jason Blood. He steals uh, like this book and studies it. Uh, his a few years later, in the a few years more recently, uh, late eighties, early nineties, his daughter shows up and is like, "Hey, my mom died during childbirth. I, you know, my fiance thought it'd be a good idea for me to find you and reconnect because you're my dad." Which good on the fiance. For going for like it blows up in their faces, but yeah. like, good night. Nice thing to do. Of course, they have so they have a kid, uh, little Stanley Junior. Who read so Stanley Senior reads to him from this book, the tale of the beast with no name, uh, a demon, because, because he's trying to he's trying to fucking summon this. 
and he oftentimes will just kid with his sitting. Like, yeah. like you can just you can leave that kid somewhere else. You don't gotta have him in the same room with you right. to babysit. That's not required. You know? Yeah. And uh apparently throughout the course of doing that, he keeps thinking that the summoning ritual is failing, but it's not. It's just not bonding to him, it's bonding to the kid. Yeah. <laughs> so his now twelve year old grandson thinks like Everyone thinks he just has an imaginary friend and he's a little old for those. But, like, no, it's just the beast with no name. Who is, like, trying to protect him. And the monster looks over at Stanley and immediately is like, I gotta get the fuck out of here. Time to peace out. Uh, And then, so, Stanley does... A completely normal person thing, completely normal uh, reaction. He fucking kidnaps his grandson, locks him in the basement, and starts kidnapping kids to kill so that he could feed the blood to the kid, hoping it would get the demon's attention. Which, it, normal grandpa stuff, you know. Right. When he when Ali showed up, he immediately realized like, oh, you have no soul, so I can transfer my soul into your body. And Ali's like, that's the stupidest fucking shit I've ever heard. It's not gonna make you immortal because one day this body's gonna die too, and then what? He's like, oh, well, by that time I I'll have figured the secret out. This is the dumbest shit I ever heard. So like, okay, but let me and the kid go then. If you're gonna do this, let they don't got nothing to do with this. And he says, uh, "Oh, I'm gonna kill the kid, but the girl, I, I'm, or rather, you're going to have." I beg your pardon. Uh, he says, "Once he I goes, take, once I've taken a residence inside your skin, I'm going to ravish." He's talking like Vince McMahon. I'm yeah, the way he says "ravish" is so wild. <laughs> I'm going to ravish that sweet little piece of meat. Like I've been aching to do for weeks now. But you're gay. It's like, and, no, no, uh, no. <laughs> no, dude, I love pussy. <laughs> he's like, no, no, I just pretend to be gay because that's the best way to take it easy on me. Yeah. And says, he, uh, <laughs> he doesn't stay gay. <laughs> he says, yeah, well, I mean, a better, what better and quicker way into the heart of any liberal than by telling him you're a blank a British uh, slang for a cigarette you think this supposedly spe- well alleged- I've never heard a British person say that you know yeah because why would they uh, <laughs> fair. also England's not a real place that's fair Gary is from some sort of mirror dimension he's from uh, he's from that uh he's from that dimension that Captain Britain protects yeah yeah he's the- from Avalon. <laughs> Avalon. There we go. <laughs> and they, so they get to that. The the others get back to the house, which has a blood seal. And it's like a blood seal. It means that no one can enter the dwelling unless they share Queens or Dover's or the girl you mentioned's blood. And Roy tries to kick the door in and fucking breaks his foot. Like this covers the entire structure. 
No one can get in unless they're genetically tied to Stanley Dover, that girl, or the Green Arrow. Which, of course, means it's time for, for Connor to save the for White Connor to save the day with his fucking ripped abs and he is jacked. He is hitting shit. shit. He's in the freeways like Lord Zed. God damn! At least we know that Ashram's got a good weight. No, yeah. shit uh, else to do. But get, but yeah. get large and huge when you're a monk. Fair. Uh, and so, uh, Connor busts in, shoots, <laughs> shoots Stanley through the hand with an arrow, which that's. Gotta... Being shot with an arrow is up there. I would rather just be shot. Yeah. Like can't even yank that bitch out. Yep, you're just you're just stuck with that. And so he's like, get a get your damn hands off him. Uh he just pulls out a gun and just starts shooting at Connor <laughs> like a pistol. <laughs> Not a demon gun. Not a magic gun, not a Satanist. Just a fucking Glock. <laughs> he says, ah, this must be his kid. Pop, 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 pop. And he's like, uh, he summons some demons to take him out because he's like, you need to get, this, get this fucking guy out of here. And uh, Connor, Connor's handling the best he can, but then he's getting overwhelmed. Ollie reaches out to his soul. And it's like, you need, you need to get down here. Your, our son needs us. Which he has the revelation that this is his son as he's seeing Connor fight. He's like, huh, that's probably my kid, huh? And so all he's like, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Just no something. Yeah. He's like, he's going to die a hero, but he's going to die. You weren't there for him then, and you're not here for him now. But you're a man, Ollie. You made this mess. You and Hal. And now it's time for you to clean it up. Don't do it for me. Do it for yourself or the world. Just do it for your boy. Because, well, it's fun while it lasted. Hal, I'm ready to go home. And so while he does it just as, uh, as Stanley thinks the spell is completed, he's like, I'm blocked. I can't get back in. Like occupied, dickhead. And then Ollie apparently getting his soul pack gives him strength. Yeah, it gives him super strength. He powers out like fucking ultimate warrior. Yeah, <laughs> pulls the arrow out through Stanley's hand. Which uh, uh, <laughs> why why <laughs> why write that? Oh God. Like, fuck, man. He does like it's nothing. Just, yeah. Not only that, it's worth repeating, long way. Yes. Like he grabs the arrowhead and pulls the shit after. So, Connor and Ollie fight them off, and, uh, Ollie pulls, reaches back at his quiver and grabs the famed boxing glove arrow and says, kid sees this he's never gonna let me live it down and shoots it right at the back of Stanley's head takes him out straight concussion for 
Yeah, he says, hey, kid, I don't think we've ever formally done this. I'm your old man. Hey, Ollie, that's dad to you, junior. Right, dad. I only wish this, uh, this reunion was under less stressful circumstances. You said it. So they fight, and they fight, and they fight. And he... Connor activates fail-safe code red from the watchtower. Which is basically the watchtower just blasting the absolute fuck out of wherever you happen to be. Like, it's straight suicide mission yeah. protocols. And Kyle tries to talk him out of it. He's just like, no, just fucking do it. Like, we're here. We're ready to sacrifice. Green arrows and green arrows. Ready to get it done. Yeah. The blast comes in and hits them, and Connor is able to call it off just in time. Or it because seems like that. Yeah. In the middle of that happening, they get teleported somewhere else. Right. And so Holly immediately was like, Call it in! Call it Call it Call it Call it off! God damn it! Gives so, Cal a poor fucking heart attack. Yeah. Cal goes through a lot. Uh, so yeah, man. So Stan Jr.'s... Uh, Stan Jr.'s monster shows up to save the day. Cleans house. Big pop off the hot tag. It's basically Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. Oh. Oh. Yes. Oh, 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 oh. You're not wrong there, man. Uh, so he's like... Can we go build a fort spot? Anything you want, Stanley. Anything you want. And Mia just goes, I'm not gonna ask. <laughs> I just love that. I love that Stanley's that Stanley's monster just talks so like affluently and stuff. Yeah. And he's Matt. like, Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure I erase Stanley's mind so he doesn't remember anything so he had. Yeah. And uh but more importantly, I'm gonna eat his oh, Yeah, I'm gonna eat his fucking grandpa's brains. Just fucking devours this dude. You've been seeking me for some time, haven't you, you old warlock? You stopped with nothing to trap. He talks like... There's a poll. He talks like Teal'c from Stargate. Like, mm, this is just... I Chris, Stargate. This is just Chris... You remember D-Mob from Def Jam 5 for New York? Yes. His voice, but he's talking about, like, weird mystic shit. Okay. <laughs> well put, friend. You want to get inside me? Fine. It just eats him. It just swallows him whole. So <laughs> Connor says, should, should, we, should we do something? Just like what? Offer him salt? Like, all right. Fair point. Anytime you get to eat a pedophile. <laughs> yes. This dude who was... He started strutting around like Ric Flair thinking about taking Ollie's body and fucking Mia. Turns to that Kurt Angle promo. What have sex with her? <laughs> Ollie, I want to have sex with Mia. Not just any kind of sex. No, 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 no. But the kind of perverted sex. We can make a count for how many times I quote that promo on this show. Because that's at least the third time. 
yeah, I can think of like two arms. <laughs> at, at least Listen. one other was was two episodes ago talking about Havoc. I think both other times I've yeah. talked about Havoc. Yeah, you're probably right there. Because Havoc wants to have sex with his brother's wife, who is a clone of his brother's wife. Hmm. We should keep, you should just keep this building because it's fucked up and we need to make sure that nobody ever uses it for evil ever again. And he's like, everybody needs a hero, Mr. Queen. Stanley's mine. I'm Stanley's. And you, you are Star Cities. Is life always going to be this interesting with you around? I hope so. Let's go get drunk. And Ollie's rich again, by the way, because Stanley transferred all of his... Uh accounts and money and all that into Green Arrow's name because he was getting ready to steal his body. Say Green Arrow's body, yeah. <laughs> which is a great way to make him rich again, which is, hey, you ripped off a rich dude inadvertently. Yeah. Doing a good fight. It's peak Robin Hood shit. And in fact, what Stanley's monster does is eat the rich. Yes. Comrade Stanley's monster. <laughs> Just play the Soviet National Anthem. <laughs> he said you it's like I just want to hang out with my son you have a car right I don't have a license kid I think this is the start of a beautiful friendship uh, and yeah yeah that's the end of Green Arrow it's called Green Arrow Volume 1 Quiver uh, Kevin Smith does stay on to write one more uh, story with them called uh, Sounds of Violence where he uh, introduces uh, Onomatopoeia. Introduces what? Isn't that where he introduces uh, Onomatopoeia? I think. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't read it in years. Yeah. But I, I think mean, that's why it's called Sound of Owls. Yeah. I mean, and the cool thing is that this has a consistent art, uh, which is that uh, Phil Hester stays on through the next three volumes. Yeah. He stays on through Archer's Quest and uh, Straight Shooter. So he, you have this. There's no jarring change in visual, um, but yeah, that's that's that volume. Uh, you know, I had a lot of fun reading this. Uh, I know that this. I, is... And I definitely suggest the rest of this uh, of this run. Um, one of the kind of unique things about it is the people that write this series for Green Arrow aren't really comic people per se. Like Kevin Smith does the first two runs. And then it's Brad Meltzer, who normally just kind of does, like, books and stuff. Yeah. And then after him is Judd Winnick. Yeah. J- and it's Judd all good. Winnick. Yeah, and Judd Winnick is the only one of those, as I'd say, is I'd call, like, a comic writer. Yeah, but, and I I have to, I don't know, say this was one of his first comic runs, I think. Because when did he work on, um... On um, oh come on, Will. Huge comic book, uh, Wonder Woman. Oh, it's definitely after this. Okay, yeah. So this may—I think this may have been his introduction. Yeah, Judd Winnick's got a weird, weird uh, sort of looking for uh, history with books. Yeah. He, he was on the real world. Yep. Uh, then he, what did he write? He wrote 
know he wrote um, he wrote some he had a Detective Comics run he wrote a few issues of Batman he wrote Red Hood Lost Days uh, he wrote Batwing Oh yeah, didn't he run? Didn't he write uh, under the? No, no, I don't think. Oh, he did. He did do under the hood, Red Hood. Yes. Yeah, and uh, I, earlier, I referenced when uh, I referenced the discovery that Mia uh, was um, HIV positive. And I that's believe he, he that's does that. people that. Uh... Oh, you know what it was? Yeah. The season of the Real World. They were... yes was and the that's... season with the uh, the guy that was HIV positive. Yeah. Yep, that's what it is. But yeah, they, um, so he, you know, being like a big activist for what he wanted to include Mia. And I want to get the exact number of issues he, because I know he was writing Green Arrow around. He wrote so, Green Arrow. Issues twenty from issue twenty six to issue seventy five. So basically, the rest of the run after um, after uh, Metzer leaves, he takes over. And yeah, and that, that ends up being the end of the comic. Yeah, two thousand three to two thousand seven. Because um, it just turns into Green Arrow and Black Canary. Yeah, and then he writes yeah Green Arrow and Black Canary, which is them getting married and everything. Yeah, basically up until um, what's the thing I'm, looking, I'm thinking of? Uh, New Fifty Two. Uh, he also yeah. wrote uh, Titans Young Justice Graduation Day, which is something I'm gonna want to do at some point too. That'll be fun. Very nice. Uh, but Ooh, thank I you know he all. Did Outsiders. Yeah, he did Outsiders. He he ended up writing a lot of shit at DC. He was yeah. like one of their kind of on retainer guys. That was what I'm saying. That the more the more. Yeah, like I'm well. staring at his Wikipedia page, which is how I got that thing wrong earlier. Um, which I should have known because the book is called Pedro and Me: Friendship, Lost, and What I Lo- Lost and What I Learned, uh, which is a book he wrote about Pedro Zamora, who he was on the Real World with. Uh, but he, what? yeah, he wrote Green Lantern. Green Lantern was what he uh, was his first. First stuff you wrote. Okay. Two thousand. But yeah, he wrote. He was he was one of their guys. Like there were people you could define as DC guys in the two thousands. Like D, there were decidedly DC and Marvel writers back then. Mm-hmm. People who were very exclusive to them, and guys who were there it was like Judd Winnick, uh, uh. Jeff Johns, who of course ended up moving up and becoming like a higher up at mm-hmm. Warner, um, like those two. Um, what's his name? The, the Wonder Woman guy. Um, it's on tip of my tongue. Uh, Greg Rucka. Yep, Greg Rucka. Greg Rucka, Gail Simone. Um, Which, by the way, if you get a chance to read uh, the. Uh, Batwoman stuff Greg yeah. Rucka does good yeah Greg, Greg Rucka Kelsey yeah, Moon really um, Chuck Dixon uh, and granted Dixon did leave 
for a while and come back. But like in the '90s and the early 2000s, Dixon was like a DC. Yeah. Uh, Dennis O'Neill. And, and so Judd Winnick was one of those guys they would grab for a lot of stuff. Which all those guys, all those cats have put up some. Gail Simone. Um, one of her, my personal favorite work. Everybody kind of defaults to like Birds of Prey stuff, but I personally loved the Secret Six. Oh, her Secret Six is incredible. And I hate, I kind of hate that Suicide Squad is so popular now because it just kind of over, it just writes over Secret Six. Yeah. Like nobody talks about Secret Six anymore because everybody wants to do Suicide Squad. Yeah, but Secret Six is so much cooler than Suicide Squad. Yes. It's got Scandal Savage in it. And Bane being her surrogate dad. Like, <laughs> And also, the Tarantula, one of the, the worst DC characters ever, dying horribly. Yes. Uh, uh, reading that after, like, immediately after reading Nightwing, incredible. Incredible feeling to watch Catalina get blown away. Yes. But uh, that is the show. Thank you for hanging out with us for the last three and a half hours. Will, thank you for hanging out with me until the wee hours of the night uh, this was a lot of fun we're going to keep up the, uh, this stretch of DC episodes until I get that itch in my bones to talk about Cyclops uh, mm. so we're, we've got a couple in the works um, and then I'm going to grab some more stuff I think we're going to do at least four episodes that are going to be just DC before I move to other stuff uh, but you can follow the show on Twitter at MCMFPod. You can follow me at Archer Oreos, A-R-X-H-E-R-A-R-I-O-S. The X is a C. Don't make me explain it. Uh, <clears throat> please uh, rate us, review us, tell your friends about the show. Uh, if there's anything that you guys would like to hear us cover here on the show, tweet at me, uh, tweet at the show. Uh, let me know. Uh, until next time, everybody take care, stay safe. And we'll catch you next time. Keep your grip.